holy inflation, fake nerds. It's time for another holiday session. The holiday annual of the fake nerds is here once again. And this time we're virtual, uh, just like the pandemic days. And we're back. It's me, Sparks Witty. I'm, of course, joined by the festive Ryan Eliopoulos. He he ho ho. Uh, the joyous uh, Ben Magnet. I, don't, I had something, but I forgot. I don't know what I was going to say. We're also on audio podcast. Yeah, we're on audio podcast. And then here I was, I was like, ah, my mind just decided to go, hey, I'm, yeah, no funny business today, Ben. You suck today. Blank as a sheet of snow. Uh, and the cheery Brandon T. McClure. Hello, and don't call me cheery. Uh, it's, it's too late. I'll call you Charlie. <laughs> uh this is our second time doing this virtually only the second yep. time virtual insanity there it is due to due to schedules in life sometimes it, it be that but we're here yeah. through, the, through the miracles of technology yeah this is a, a a different one this year um sparks uh i hope you don't mind me jumping in real quickly just to say that we're not doing a gift exchange this year if so for people who are in watching our holiday annuals religiously uh who are you please comment below i'd love to know who you are um uh and um uh uh we normally do a gift exchange but this year it just wasn't feasibly possible so uh hopefully next year we'll be able to get one going um yeah. but th but this year is a smaller um a smaller uh um holiday annual bite-sized yeah well we'll see <laughs> Never say it's bite sides until well, it's over. <laughs> we got uh, yeah. to talk about that, I'm sure. <laughs> True. True. But but also I it's what yeah. As Brandon was saying, you know, life happens. Yeah. Things come up. Expenses be expenses. And there are times where you think you you have like a Oh my goodness gracious me. Why can I not talk today? But you know, you there are times up. where you're like, "Hey, things I did, Brandon." <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are the times where it's like, hey, I should be able to do a thing. And then a few expenses pop up. It's like, never mind. I won't be able to do today. And that's happened a lot this year. So mm. inflation is real. Yep. Yeah. Um, inflation is real. I want to go get some. Actually, actually, day, actually, inflation is fake down with capitalism. I mean, that's true. Mm, mm, but unfortunately, true. we need capitalism to buy things. So. I'll, I'll amend my statement, Brandon. You're right. Uh, thanks <laughs> You're for right. checking me. Uh, <laughs> the effects of inflation are real. We impose hey. it on ourselves. We, we have to abide by her laws. <laughs> uh, but we're here to be festive. We're here to talk about uh, some, some holiday stuff like we usually do and some podcast stuff like we usually do. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. start not with a gift exchange this year, but still about Christmas gifts. Friends, this is yeah. the section where we talk about what Christmas gift would you give to a, a nerd this year? Mm -hmm. This can be something that is merchandise that exists or merchandise that you wish existed from something that has come out. I'll kick things off. Kick it. Uh, uh, there's a, a Super 7 has this exceptionally good looking, uh, and I'm quite impressed with it, uh, figure for the new Godzilla from Godzilla Minus One. Yep. Uh, yeah, they do. That is that is the gift, my friends. That is the gift. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that is that that. Oh my god. Yeah, that thing is incredible. Um, Super Seven uh, is, I think, fairly new to the Godzilla license. I believe they picked it up after NECA lost it. Um, yeah. But they, uh, but they, oh boy, that they knocked that one out of the park. 
yeah, their their products can be hit or miss. To be honest, there's there's a fair bit of hit and a fair bit of miss. But um, that one in particular, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, even if like you got it and it's like, oh, it's not as articulated as I wanted or as was advertised, I'd be like, I don't know if it still looks as good as it looks in the pictures. I'm cool. That's the thing. Sometimes <laughs> you know, like like a hot toys, like you give up maneuverability for damn, that looks sick. Yeah, and that's totally yeah. okay. Hi, Emma. Emma is attacking Santa Claus. Sorry, she <laughs> hates that white man. <laughs> I she saw like her talking up there and I want it. That's true. That was my mistake. <laughs> um, yeah, um, that uh, Godzilla figures um, sparks because we're talking about just like uh, figures, Godzilla things and toys and whatnot. Do you remember you and I both had the same Godzilla toy? As we were when we were kids, it was the little one it was about this big with a little red button in the center of it that made the that made the the screonk. Um, yes. I, I I loved that thing, yeah, so so dearly. Um, I don't know where that one ended up. Very very few of my Godzilla toys from when I was young have survived. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, due to both moving and durability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but the ones that do, they're the real ones. Um, i'll go i'll go next um although now i kind of want to amend my 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 statement to be you guys remember the evangelion mechagodzilla uh yeah that's just just great that's just really cool they came out with the the osaka variant honestly i almost put that on my list but it it didn't come out this year it came out last year and i'm like but there is a new that's okay it doesn't have to. no i know but i'll try to keep it in the year sure there is a new one that came out this year that is it's not a articulated one it's just a design but it's like it is a half evangelion half godzilla and he's like it's like battle damage so he's like and it looks really cool and i'm like oh you're also really expensive oh you know what you know what i should have put uh i need to amend this now hold on i need to write something down because like this happened th- this specific commercial happened this year this promo didn't happen this year but this mm. commercial happened this year yeah, yeah. um i want to say one specific thing but i i will have i have to amend it and say it's this it it is nothing else it is this it is the transforming uh uh megazord Shin J- japan heroes figure that oh, sure. that has oh, yeah. ava ultraman uh, Godzilla and Common Rider all morph into a Megazord like thing. Guys, you remember that fucking commercial? Uh, we're yeah. already, six minutes in and I've already done it. Um, uh, you remember that damn commercial? Uh, the production value on that commercial, they built that suit. That figure, I shit you not, I almost bought that figure. I almost bankrupted my whole house trying to get that figure. I wish I could. Not- it's incredible. Yeah, there're not a lot of like things that I I would spend that much money on. But like that that is truly like that's like the coolest thing I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Like if I got that as a kid, I'd be like, "Yo, you can ground me for a year." Like I would ne- I would not leave the house uh if you can give me that. Like that that is an exceptional piece of of sure, yeah. Yeah. I I so just I just think about sorry, go ahead, Ben. No, one thing I have to amend about that is that there's also other megazord like toys i've seen on social media that come out of japan it's like japan just loves the megazord stuff and obviously because you know uh um shim i almost said shim Megami tensei uh you know power rangers originated in japan sure, and, Super Sentai. yeah super sentai thank you that's the word i was looking for and there's like this one the this like one megazord style toy that i saw but it was Disney characters like Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, Goofy, like you trans, like you transform like these 
yeah, robots that are and they transform into like the super robot. It's like that's too cool. And I'm like, I, why I, don't I, we get that? A few years ago, I was in a while ago, I was in Shanghai. Time, yeah. Um, uh, back before my wife and I were dating, I was in Shanghai, and um, when Ooh, I was nice. there, uh, they I saw for the first time in my life, uh, two different uh Toy Story Megazords. So there was one that was like Woody centric and one that was Buzz centric, and they had different like other select characters who combined with them that made sense. Like Woody got Slinky Dog and Buzz got Rex, and there was a Snake and Mom there. That shit was cool. Megazords are cool. It's true. Megazords that's really cool. Uh, that's really cool. Um, yeah, but like the the cosmic alignment that had to happen for this Megazord to exist um has never been seen uh sure. in, in in before and well thank um, Hideki Anno cuz he's like I touched that property, touched I, touched property. That property yeah. I touched that property I touched that property I touched that property and and the that. fact that and they're all owned by different companies and the fact that they're all like yes we approve this Hideki Anno uh I, we will allow you to do this is insane I think Japan on a whole not every part of Japan because Nintendo's there too but um, but Japan as a whole is far more uh, open to, sure, I, I, I would like to combine some IPs here and make something weird and kooky and cool. Um, That's yeah. how we got Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's right there. Uh, Nintendo, absolutely. They are not down for that. But like everybody nope. else in Japan seems to be. I mean, they got Navigalian Train. They're all about, like, crossovers are fun. Mm -hmm. Give me a shit um, Quattro razor blade that's Asuka colored, which is a real thing. But. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's my that's my thing. I'm going. To, I'm not going to say the one that I actually wrote down and say that's that's the one. All right. So I'm. Well, I'm, you can have I'm more done. than one. So like, I was just gonna be the Hammond Collection Jurassic Park figures, which I think are really great. But like that, as soon as I remember that Shin Japan thing, I was like, that's sure. it's that one. Mine. Well, I'll go next because mine has Godzilla related to it. Um, and it's something I doubt I'm gonna get back into. But it was the card game that I was the most into and collecting and playing, mm. and it's Magic: The Gathering. Mm. And the mm. amount of collaborations they've done in the past couple of years is truly mind-boggling. As Brandon has on his wall, if you could see. Um, I'm gonna name the ones that I found the line, and these aren't even all of them. It's just the ones that like what collabs are coming out. What are the old ones? So Magic: The Gathering, you know, trade card game, like, trading card game, you know, like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, but a little, a little not mature, just you know, a little more dark fantasy. But they have collaborations with. Godzilla, Fortnite, The Walking Dead, Arcane, Marvel, Stranger Things, Doctor Who, Warhammer 40,000, Street Fighter, Transformers, Lord of the Rings, and Fallout. Some of those and are old. Jurassic and some, Park. And Jurassic Park. And some of them are old, some of those are new. Um, and I just think that's mind-boggling because it's not just like a cheap cash grab. Like all the cards look good. And it's like the abilities work like within the new rule set. And I'm like, it is. you are trying so hard to make me spend money I don't have you guys. I, I will say like as someone who has bought the the, the entire Doctor Who magic stuff mm -hmm. to have my own little basically Doctor Who card game um, that and the Lord of the Rings ones are sucking me in more to be interested than a lot of the like here's eight cards you can trade out for eight other cards yeah, yeah. that are styled in Jurassic Park or Godzilla. They're full ass decks. Like, I like the cards. The art is cool and I like having the cards. Yeah. Like I do have some of the Godzilla ones, but they're not necessarily ones where I'm like, yeah, I'll bring it in thematically like I wouldn't bring it into play. But like Lord of the Rings and Doctor Who, that is like, it's basically a separate game using magic. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm I'm really, because I'm a big Warhammer guy, so like look, seeing those, some of those Warhammer cards, I'm like, man, this, this art is just so sick. Yeah. I would kill to have some of these. Um, 
I'm just going to then quickly name the other one that I got because this is a quickie. It's the Steam Deck OLED. Uh, the Steam Deck came and it's a, I don't think it surprised it's anyone, a good one. but it's the Steam Deck original one is a great little piece of technology. It is a, it is the Switch for every other video game because, you know, it's not Nintendo, but you can basically run almost every game on the Steam Deck, not at, you know, the highest quality possible, yeah. but at a reasonable quality. Uh, and now with the Steam Deck OLED, which came out this year, uh, it's got a beautiful brand new screen. Uh, it is big and shiny. Uh, I think if you're a nerd and you want to be mobile on the go, the Steam Deck is like the best way because you can also uh, uh, like import other uh, applications like Xbox Game Pass and stuff. So you have thousands of games through Steam and Xbox to play mobily and they all work. It just works. I, I, hope, I hope one day to have one. Yeah. I want to also write. Wanna mention... <laughs> go ahead, Ben. No, when Ryan was talking about the, the Magic the Gathering cards, there's another collaboration that they did this year, which just shocked everyone and also it was just one of the funniest things because of the rules they had on the cards it was the my little pony set because oh, i sure. think there was like the famous one was applejack where if you it was either applejack or cutie pie where you put them on the field and then any card you can that has a smile in its artwork could like get you could summon it for like no mana cost or something it was absolutely insane and of course like a magic community community was like looking through all the cards that had smiles in the artwork and they were these horrific eldritch monsters it's like yeah mm -hmm. they're smiling you can play that and it's like oh god applejack's in like a black uh green deck and it's gonna bring out all these monstrosities in the field what the hell well, if you want to use a white-blue deck, uh, Princess Twilight Sparkle is currently on eBay for $158. So those cards Jesus. seem to be worth some money. Um, I wanted to mention something about the Jurassic deck. The Jurassic Park deck is not something that I... like. I love Jurassic Park, but even the Jurassic Park deck isn't something that I've kind of wanted to go out of my way to get. Except, except the Sexy Malcolm card. Which oh, is a real card they made, and I'm like, I need they, that. So for those unfamiliar, there's like six or seven cards that are dinosaurs. And then there are six or seven cards that are Ian Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and the dinosaur artwork is really good. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, it reminds uh, me a lot of the, um, the like, er, right when Jurassic Park out came out, like a lot of the, like, comic kind of art. Not necessarily for the comics that were Jurassic Park comics that use that kind of art, but... Um, it's kind of, yeah, it's hard to see. That's not going to be sorry. Oh, that's the, um, the, scene, the, the T Rex scene, right? Jurassic mm -hmm. Park with the flare, yeah, yeah, yeah. These look good. I don't need to buy an Owen Grady card. I'll tell you that, but those look real good. Yeah, it's um uh, the sexy the sexy Malcolm one. I, look, he's not the sexy Malcolm card. It's the injured Malcolm. I get it. Isn't you can't officially call him sexy Malcolm. Um, but like we all know what it is. We all know sexy Malcolm um, in our hearts. It's sexy Malcolm in our hearts. Um, but that's one of the that's the one that I'm that I that I really want. Obviously, I, I've got the Jurassic Park, the the Jurassic Park, the Godzilla ones behind me. I love those. Um, the Doctor Who ones are so expansive. There's a lot of those. Like I see those at Barnes and Noble all the time. Um, there's so many cards in that set. The Lord of the Rings ones were the ones that I was like, oh, shit, man, this artwork is incredible. Like I I yeah. kind of want to go for all these. Lord of the, Lord of the Rings is I have a little bit of it. I I really want to get more of it. Um, that one was really expansive, which is not surprising. Um, Doctor Who was easy because it was basically get these four things. Cool. You have the Doctor Who magic game. The command is like the command decks. Fantastic. That's 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 what I want. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh Ben, you got a gift? Yeah, I do. Um so it, I have a few actually. I feel like every year I always think of uh like three or four more gifts to give to nerds. 
while we were talking about this. But the then, first thing I want to talk. This doesn't surprise me because literally like yesterday while I was out running errands with Megan, uh, uh-huh. we were we were just like grabbing stuff and we were talking about some gifts for some people. And like you've already been taken care of at this point. Um, and uh, every now and then it's like, oh, that's really cool. It'd be great for Ben. And and we were like, ultimately, we did that like three or four times. And we're like, that's just the easiest person to shop for. <laughs> no joke. I had this. I had a similar thing. I was going through Instagram and I got an ad for something because there's something that I've been doing a lot this year that uh, Instagram just knows. And so mm-hmm. they're like, uh, you like this, right? And I'm like, I do like this. Thank you. Um, and I saw it and I was like, oh, shit, that'd be really good for Ben. But you, I already got your gift, so like I, I, I didn't do it. But like that was like one. I had this very similar moment. And the funny thing is, for Brandon, Brandon for me is pretty easy to shop for. And same with Ryan. I know what to get these guys. I know what you guys like. And there, there are times I, because I also have like very small Christmas presents for you this year. But because it was something I saw, I thought of you guys, and like they would love it. They would appreciate it. So I got for them. But. For the longest time, Sparks is the hardest person for me to shop for because that fool almost has everything. And I constantly have to check yeah. with his wife to make sure that he doesn't have the thing I'm about to get him. Yo, you, you, bro, the amount of Amazon packages we get weekly, it's more, <laughs> it's, I, when I first moved to this guy, he got more packages in a week than I got in a year. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's like, that's the, that's the dream. That is the I'll dream. Like you, every day is Christmas in this house. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I had a very similar moment. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, something uh, interesting here about Sparks. Uh, I've known Sparks for God, how the hell long have I known you at this point? Over uh, half your life. Over half my life, Jesus Christ. Um, and so, like, I agree. There was a moment where I would often get him like pop figures. I'd get him like little things that I, I would look at as Amazon wish list. I would get him things. It was very difficult to, to shop for until I real until I until I um until I realized you know what it's. I don't want to get him knickknacks that he could buy himself. I want to get him things that are meaningful, that are that are things that he's going to, not things that he's going to get for himself, not because he doesn't think about it, but because it's a, it's like it's something that that I want to, I want to. So so when I when I kind of like realized that, he became a much easier person to shop for. I bought him Dragon Ball Z gummies for his birthday. They're great. That's pretty good. Are they delicious? Yeah. Have you had one? Oh, you should have. Are they the are they the four star balls? Yeah, yeah. I have almost bought those. Are those good? They're they're pretty good. Yeah, I really like them. them. They're, they're, they've got a good like size and like consistency yeah. and texture. I really like them. I might, um, I might, really? I might, I might. Next time, I next time I go to It's Sugar on CityWalk, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up. There, a pack. I've definitely like had like you know where they're you know like the brand what's stuff. The ter- the, like, you know like the cheap brand. Like yeah, yeah. we're just trying to get we're more selling you on the packaging than the to be honest itself. when I got them. I, that's what I thought they were going to be. So they hear that they're actually good. It's like, that's even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, to get the, you know, like the cheap, like, here you go. And like, this is better than most of the stuff that I've had that's in that kind of air, vein. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think I wonderful. I've had wonderful emotional gifts from all of you. So. Um, I, I do want to. I do want to. I do want to say Ben is very easy to shop to shop for, as as, as Sparks has said. Um, um, which is why our um, our our gift uh, exchange has always been to get get to get Ben a gag gift. A uh, little mm-hmm. sad that uh, Ben isn't getting a gag gift, or is he? Fanny, now she's not here. She's at work. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine? I would be more surprised if you contacted my roommate and said, <laughs> "The gag and said, guy now." 
the gag gift this year because we're not doing a gift exchange would just be like an overload of sincere gifts like there's no joke to it he just gets way more stuff than he's comfortable receiving <laughs> and yeah. that's the joke you get a new package every hour <laughs> yeah. on the hour but anyways <laughs> um, but there are three presents for nerds this year and shockingly only not all of them are video game themed two of them are um i know shocking right but i feel like every single year ever since we started doing this i would talk about legos like there was the lego optus prime that came out a few years ago obviously the mario sets and everything and this year lego did it again not just with like their big expansive sets because i don't know i want to say the atari set came out last year or maybe it came out earlier this year i just don't remember but then the pac-man arcade machine came out and now Lego has an official collaboration with Sega to create Sonic the Hedgehog sets. And I have to say, Lego, whew, I as I have always loved Lego. You guys always known that I Lego is one of those toys that is timeless, that's great, and that it's for Lego is for everyone. And just the more sets that come out that are themed to like or not themed, but that are like like the more advanced, the harder sets, like the Pac-Man set or the or some of the Sonic sets or even the Mario set, like the, the one Mario set I really want is the question block. The more I see these, is like, damn it, Lego. I'm limited, but this is well, so wait, cool. Howdy, like, oh. Ben, do I have something for you? Not only is it Lego, but it's free. It's called Lego Fortnite. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> in that vein, because this is where what I was going to say is like one of my, my gifts was going to be that um, it doesn't exist yet. Fortnite has some merchandise out there. Fortnite skins look really great in Lego. Yeah, they a lot them. of them. A yeah, lot of their them. original skins look look frankly better in Lego. And if we start getting Lego Fortnite products, oh, the world's over, dude. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. There you I do. do. They already print money. Yeah, they've created oh, yeah. a they've created a, a mini a mini llama. Uh, that people have gotten like you know the promos for like hey play lego fortnite here's your favorite tiktoker talking about lego fortnite and here's a box um send us a box guys um like they, they've been given like these little these little mini um mini figures uh, these, uh, mini llamas um and i i really I, for whatever reason really want to build a llama it's got it's got its itching yeah it's got, yeah. got scratch oh is that fortnite time but, but yeah, Lego. But even just, not just with the video game stuff, with a lot of other sets that Lego has come out, like the the Green God set. We've I know in the past we've talked about the Jurassic Park sets that they've come. I'll out tell with. you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one set that came out this year that I really want. So Disney's 100th anniversary is is coming and, and fallen flat flat on its face. Um, but the Lego set that um they released that i really desperately want by the way you mentioned the Jurassic park set i remember the gate the giant ass yeah. gate with the t-rex jesus christ i wanted that so bad um but the the disney 100 set that i really want is the um film camera yeah. that you can build up and you can actually put walt disney like drawing bambi in the camera uh, yeah. and like it's got like the film reel of all the of like lego versions of like all those movies i really i thought that was incredible no, i like, want that I want that set too. That set, I feel, it is a, a great encapsulation of a hundred years of Disney, and it focuses on what Disney was. They are a film studio. Let's look at their classic films and having the film reel be scenes from their different movies. Lego fied, I think, is genius. To to be fair, like Disney, Disney a hundred years ago is a just an animation studio, not necessarily a film studio. Right, right, right. Um, uh, but 
it, I I think it it truly is a testament to Lego. Lego can make things that I would not buy if they were non Lego. Mm-hmm. Exceptionally, like they they'll just like put more thought into it and more creativity and be Lego, and I'll be like, damn, I'd buy that. Yeah, <laughs> there's a Lego typewriter that I've legitimately been like. Oh shit! I'd never buy a real typewriter, but a Lego typewriter? Fuck! Mm-hmm. It, it has to have the. That's yeah, the, that's the mark of a good typewriter. Yeah. It, the coolest thing about the pack, the Lego Pac-Man arcade thing, is that there's a crank on the side, and yeah. it moves like Pac-Man I, moves. But in the but in inside is a mini is a minifigure playing Pac-Man. Yeah. Uh, Same with the, it's so cool. Not only that, but the Atari set, like the Atari 2600 set, it's not just like the, the NES that has the, the T, like the TV and the NES. I know I've talked about it forever, but you can move and it has Mario in it. But with the Atari one, you flip it over. There's like a diorama of a late 70s house of a kid playing the Atari. And cool. the Atari cartridges are at, you can actually, when you build the cartridges for that come with the Atari game, it's just Asteroid, Centipede, and I think Adventure. I can't remember the third one. But those cartridges also turn into dioramas of the game. Like, it's a art. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like, d- d- Lego, damn. Uh, but yeah, yeah so man. obviously, Lego can't go wrong with it. Just comp- keep coming out with amazing new stuff this year, or almost every year. Did you see the, and- I'm so sorry to interrupt you again, but did you see the Disney villain set, which had, like, the books? And then it had it came with, like, a, a Genie Jafar uh, many, many, um, like in Ursula and I think Gaston. Um, and so it's like the, these, like, it's like, it's set up like books on a bookshelf. The ones like tipped over and they're like this have like scenes from various from their films. It was really cool. I almost got it for the mini genie Jafar mini, a uh, mini figure in January. Um, they were, they released it before, but they're releasing an updated version of the X-Men's Blackbird. Um, and it's also like double the price of what it usually is. So people are like, this thing is almost a hundred bucks and it's small, but it's X-Men. So like people are going to buy that shit. Like, come on, what are you going to do? Looks, yeah. It looks real sick. What's new about there's a rogue minifigure. I'm so sorry. You already have. <laughs> what? Um, is that? Not- oh no, that's a transformer. Oh, the transformer one. Right. Oh. You're talking Lego Lego. Lego. Uh, no. Yeah. 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 I'm mixing it up. Never mind. My bad. No, you're good. What was the Lego set that they just. What was the uh, gone? Ben, your other gifts. Uh, yeah. So the one that's not video game themed at all, but it is Disney themed, and it came out this year. Unfortunately, the biggest caveat is that it's stupid hard to get. But from what I've been hearing, it's a fun uh, trading card game to get into, and also you know it's Disney. It's Disney's Lorcana. It's the new hmm. uh, TCG that came out. Um. My fiance, she played it earlier this year with a friend of with a friend of ours. They brought their they, they got a hold on some starter decks, and they really and she really liked it. It's really fun, and also the art on those cards is just gorgeous. It is yeah, some oh, fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic art, and also what um the artists were able to do because it's not just straight. We're gonna keep it like they look in the films or like they look in the media. It's like no, their cards were. Let's change it up a little bit. Let's uh, there's like a, a really cool card of Hades where he's king of Olympus. It's like, yeah, and this in this card, Hades won. He is oh, yeah. about to wreck people's shit. And there's another card where kept with Captain Hook where his hook is in a hook hand, it's his sword. He has a sword on his hook hand. And of course there's Tinkerbell where Tinkerbell turns giant. She's like looking down at the Jolly Roger like, "You what, mate?" Ooh, that opens up some weird 
thoughts. Oh, hey. <laughs> you guys remember you remember the movie? I, I get this movie confused with Dude Where's My Car. Because it can't it can't be Dude Where's My Car. But it's about this, it's a I'm just gonna look up this movie before describing it because it's gonna sound really bad if I just decide to describe it. Uh, I I can't confirm or deny that maybe this household has Lorcana, but maybe 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 we play it sometime in the future. Ben, who knows? Um, the the uh, other Lego set I wanted to actually highlight, um, definitely not that movie, um, is uh, the Avengers Tower. I had gotten a lot of oh, got a lot of um, um, flack, I think, on Twitter. Uh, this year because it has a it comes with like a weird selection of Marvel characters to be fair um, yeah. like Marvel characters who were never in Avengers Tower um, and Kev- a Kevin Feige minifigure um, but I think it's funny as hell and like I, I I love the build of it is incredible it's modular so like it could come off and like you take pieces off without actually destroying it uh, it comes with a Quinjet it looked awesome I really wanted it the the Daily Bugle one is also really sick. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Like that one is like, those got all the figures you need, baby. That's a guy like like Sinister Six and Spidey, like Jonah. Love it. The Venerator, the old, the old, the Star Wars. I want the Venerator so bad. We got are a you couple kidding of me? Bad boys where I work, and like they're five hundred dollars. I didn't know those were five hundred. <laughs> yeah, but man, there's like a thousand pieces. Like, yeah, it's gonna take you forever. It's amazing. No, I. I yeah, man, I wanted that venerator. The venerator is my favorite Star Wars ship. So, like when they came out the figure for the figure for that, I was like, oh, get yeah. The biggest yeah. challenge with all of these is always just like, yeah, they're wonderful, they're great. What are you gonna where, put them? Where are you gonna put them? Yeah, hang that's it. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like realistically, thing. like all of us could all of us could find a place for probably one, yeah. and then you have to pick one. How do you pick one? Yeah, it's a ven- the venerator. That's the problem. Oddly enough, I have picked one because once I've, I just need to clean this off, and it's like this. I could put one set here, and I'm gonna put the, the other one there, and that's it. The the that's real the space the, I have the, for it. The real problem with with Lego. By the way, it was dude. Where's my car? There's a scene in dude. Where's my car? Where there's a giant woman, um, and she walks over over people. Um, oh yeah, and you and like up the skirt. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I, I, I misremember. I thought I misremembered that wild movie, but it turns out I just remembered it. Um, but the 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 real problem with Lego, especially like these these kind of like um, these kind of like uh, prestige sets that we're talking about, the Venerator, the Marvel t- the Avengers Tower, the Disney One Hundred, is that they have a short shelf life. So like for people who don't who can't just drop that kind of money now, it becomes very difficult to save up for because by the time you save up for them, they're now on the secondary market and when mm-hmm. their prices are even more expensive. And so like that's that's a real struggle. We've named all the sets everyone would want. I'll I'll tell you the one that my wife and I probably got the closest to getting because of how unique it was. Uh, and again, like just went, but where? Yeah, where would we put it? Why would we have it? And it's um, it's uh, I'm forgetting the name of the place. It's uh, where the elves live in Lord of the Rings. Rivendell. Rivendell. Oh, Rivendell. That one is bananas. Set. The Rivendell really set. Because like. Everything else we've named, it's like you could get approximations and that kind of That's thing. And some other, like Rivendell is like, how else do you have Rivendell in your home? <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you put that next to your entire train conductor set that in your in your basement. You well, know, that was the, the thing. Whole, yeah. This is the thing that almost tempted her to it because she's like, that would look really nice with a bunch of books around it. And I'm like, it's true. It's true. That's why we were close. We were close on that one. 
God, I, Lego. I love Lego. Uh, there's always the joke of like, uh, when did Lego get so expensive? And the thing is, it was, it always was. You just your, our parents just had more money. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Ben still yeah. has one more. Yeah, one more, one more, and I'll be quick about it. Uh, there, it, it's we mentioned uh, the Steam Deck earlier, and this one is a small. It's it's another emulation device. It's one that you guys have probably seen on your social media. Um, I've been watching a few videos of it because I kind of want one for myself because I'm starting is to like, dip my toes. It's not the pocket as much yeah, as I, I want the pocket as much as I think the pocket's a better um, system. It's the Ambernick RG thirty five um, XX or VX. It's one of the Ambernick systems. They, there's so many of these pop yeah. up nowadays. It's hard to keep track sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Really, if you because um, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos about the Ambernick um, devices, and they're like, hey, these are really good if you want to get into emulation. Um, I mean, I would if you have the money and you're able to get it, and you're and you're patient enough to wait for the analog. I would say go with the analog, especially if you just want handheld stuff up to the 16-bit era. Whereas uh, the Ambernick stuff, they can go up to PS1. They have one that goes up to GameCube. Even if you want to get into um, video game emulation, if you want like a, a device like that. Like, hey, the Ambernick is there, and and it helps out. And it's also really good. There's a lot of really good guides online, so you can you know customize it put it and make it the way you want it to to be or if you're or if you're someone like me who just wants to play games right out of the box it can do it right out of the box yeah i i uh uh uh, cops don't listen to this Uh, i might or might not have like just literally like 100 games on my pc from every from every console generation uh and, and emulating on a pc we've been doing that since since the pc's been around but like to be able to have it uh handheld and actually work because that's another problem it's not just having it work on a pc it's translating it into a piece of another software um mm-hmm. that's exciting so like one day i will have it but until then i'm just gonna play everything on my on my pc can i can i just real quickly say like because you said cops don't listen to this i just love the idea of a cop listening to this be like oh sorry let me just yeah, let sorry, me just um, this. <laughs> our fbi guy yeah. just mutes us for a bit yeah. Ben's father's like, all right, I'm gonna check out now. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's a cop. <laughs> Retired, but yeah. Uh uh, but, but yeah, I would I mean look, if you had the money, definitely go with the analog because that thing, because I seeing an analog in person because a friend friend of mine at work has it. Oh man, that thing is pretty. That screen is just gorgeous, immaculate. And also, if you have like cartridges from Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, it you just plug them right in and it plays them. There's uh, adapters so you can get other games like Game Gear, Links, and a few other things. Or if you just want to like put some cores in it and you can emulate some stuff like from all the way up to the Super Nintendo, it's like this is fantastic. This is great. I love technology. Well, mm-hmm. I think. That does it for our gift recommendation section, which means it's time to move on to our Christmas topic, which this year is a discussion of the Shudder, the Shudder film release. It's a wonderful knife, which came out this year and we all watched it. Cute play on words. And so now we have to talk about it. Um, Yeah. So full spoilers, by the way, um, uh, for It's a Wonderful Knife. Let me get the <laughs> credits that I am normally much better at remembering to get uh, than I than I was this year. If you um, haven't seen or heard this movie, y'all, have you ever seen It's a Wonderful Life? Imagine that, but but spooky and not as spooky. So and this is true. <laughs> yes, true. So, so this is 
honestly. Yeah. Uh, this is directed by Tyler McIntyre, um, uh, w- written by Michael Kennedy. Oh, Michael Kennedy wrote Freaky. Yeah. Nice. That's I like Freaky. I mean, Freaky Friday, It's a Wonderful Life knife. Like, he loves to do this kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, oh, uh, Tyler McIntyre has screen story credit on um, Five Nights at Freddy's. You know. This is his first, like, big... You know a director hasn't quite made it because he doesn't have his own Wikipedia page yet. He's done a yeah. lot of smaller stuff. This is his big first movie. Bless bless you, sir. Bless you. Yeah, VHS 99 was one of his yeah, other ones. Yeah, it's an anthology. This is the one he did like right before that. Yeah. All right. So uh, what do we think of uh, the lesbian slasher flick? It's a wonderful knife. Um, I love the fact that it's about lesbians. Uh, I, I, I mean, I really try to be positive on this podcast, even with the worst movies, like Five Nights at Freddy's, I gave the highest review. I think this is a bad movie. I'm just going to say it. I think this is a bad movie. Uh, uh, it's nonsensical, nonsensical in parts. It didn't need to be. Um, there's things thrown in that don't make any sense. There's things that the characters do and say that I'm just like, what are we doing here? Um, and the most important thing is, if this is a slasher movie, I can forgive all of that. I've seen, including Sparks, tons of slasher movies i've seen every bad slash movie in the last 20 years like that's that's big notable right if your kills are at least interesting and fun i'll accept it the the kills are so boring and made with so little uh uh ingenuity uh uh even that left me uh wanting the only good aspect is like yes there is some good lgbtq uh uh representation in this movie that doesn't make a movie good uh that should just be the standard in hollywood is that we just accept people for who they are so like i'm not going to give this movie a pass because it features that. I wish I could be more glowing on this one. Um, I uh, Some characters are fun, but otherwise I'm just like, eh, at least it was short. There's two um, decisions that the movie makes that like absolutely floor me and baffle me. Um, to One to the point where like I can't forgive it, and the other one to the point of where I just don't understand what they were even doing. Um, and that that does make it a challenge. Like I, I like... I like the the leads. Yeah. I, I like a fair bit of these actors in other things. Um, but I I don't think that much to what Ryan said, I don't think the direction is very good. It's not creative enough. It's very paint by number slasher in like the worst way. And the only thing that gives it any spark of life is the queer representation. That's that's my general thoughts. Ben. Dear Lord, it this movie is predictable as all hell. Holy crap, ass. It's like the second the movie started, it's like, oh, I think I know who the killer is. Yeah, there they are. Or even like the. the oh, the, you didn't the watch the trailer then, did you? No, I did not. Well, the trailer tells you who the killer is. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch the trailer. Uh, I went to this movie completely blind. And even just going through the, the motions, I'm like, okay, something bad is going to happen. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to. It's just all this. Yeah, it's it's predictable. And. I think the other po- other positive thing I could say about it is, yeah, this is a short movie, and it was just I, I don't know if it's because I've seen I don't want to say it's because I've seen Screen or other better slasher films. Oh, it that, wants you to it wants you to know you've seen Screen, Ben. It throws it in your face. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, dear they boy. named a character a character Gail Prescott. Yeah, the aunt's name is Gail Prescott. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I don't catch that. I didn't I didn't catch that either. Yeah, this movie this movie's not good. I'm probably gonna be the most positive on this one, honestly. Um I'm not here to defend it. Movies don't need my defense, and I'm not here to debate whether or not it's a good movie or not, because it's not. Um it's definitely 
a film that I did give a pass to because of its queer representation. As Ryan said, it shouldn't it shouldn't be um, the uh, it shouldn't be this way. It should be the norm in Hollywood. It's not though. A movie like this is very difficult to get made in Hollywood, and I'm and I'm happy that Shutter took the chance to make a queer slasher film. But outside of that, there's really if there wasn't this, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't like it as much as I do. And the, the like is a strong word in this case. On my letterbox, I gave it a three and a half stars. I gave it a full star more than I would have if it was straight people in it. Um, so like that's so like it's a two and a half star film for me. But because there's queer people in it, and because I like the leads and I like the queer rep in it, I gave it an extra star. If that makes sense. So sure. that's kind of where I'm sitting at it. I, I I agree with everything you guys are saying. Do I do I do want to defend like this is this is um thing that Ben talks about quite a, quite quite frequently on the show, where he talks about predictability in a bad sense. Now Ben and I just wanted to I just wanted to like have a, just want to say real quickly in that defense, predictability is not inherently bad. Um, there is there are plenty of predictable films that are good. I've talked about mm-hmm. Blue Beetle on this podcast quite frequently, which is a very predictable film. But it's a very good film, in my opinion. Mm. Sometimes you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Right. You just need to make a really good wheel. So like predictability is not inherently bad. And so I don't believe that this film is bad because it is predictable. It's the way that it's using those predictable elements in not fun ways. There's no twist on it. There's really just nothing. So it's inherently be- being predictable inherently is not a bad thing. But the I, way this film is, is 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 making it worse. Well, I want to talking about a wheel. This is a flat tire. Well, I want to counter what to to what you're saying. Not full counter, Brandon, but like just to what you're saying. Like, I think predictable does become problem a problem in a slasher. Yes, if mm. you can see the kill coming and you know not only that who, who's going to die but how it's going to happen, that is a problem. Um, that's inherent I, in what a slasher movie is. I think for a slasher film, that's a specific problem. Not like predictability of the entire plot, but the predictability of kills. Sure. Um, that you know when someone's going to die, you know, oh, this is this is going to be their death scene. Here's where they're. Yep, that's how. Cool. Uh, and and some of that some of that comes from familiarity with with more of the genre, and then some of it is just like really clear, heavy-handed foreshadowing. Um, and I, I think that slows down a slasher film. Um, so in that vein, I think that's a particular problem. Right, but I think that's, I th- but I agree with your broader point. Yeah, I agree with your broader right. point. I think, but, but I, I see, cause I don't think that, I don't think that's what, and if that's what Ben was getting at, then that's, then I'm sorry, I misread, I misread his predictable statement. Uh, you're right. In the sense that like in a slasher film, you do want fun kills. You want inventive kills. And you're absolutely right. The kills in this film aren't. There's one kill that took me by surprise, and it's the kill of the mother um, uh, that that I didn't see coming personally. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but I was. Uh, but I didn't. I, I didn't see that one coming. But other than that, the kills are mostly just I stab you in the gut. I stabbed you in the gut. I've stabbed you in the gut. And there's really no like if that's the if you're doing a slasher film based on its wonderful life, which is really kind of weird in its own sense. Being a predictable film riffing off of its wonderful life is, is not necessarily a bad thing, but but Sparks is right in the sense that like the kills shouldn't be generic, I stab you now, uh, and now you're dead kills. That you want the kills. The thing about freaky, like freaky is not a 
great movie. I think Freaky is a good movie, but Freaky has some really inventive kills, really fun kills. Yeah. Um, the same thing with um, uh, the other Christopher Landon film, Happy Death Happy Day. Death. Yeah, really fun kills, really inventive kills. Like we've seen slasher films in this space do really fun and inventive kills that help it along um, over a more predictable kind of storyline. Um, yeah. Like Freaky, we know at the end of Freaky, like they're going to switch back again. That's going to be the story. But because it's it's a fun movie with good performances and inventive kills, it it helps it along. And like I think that's kind of where this film yes. falters. Yeah, oh, I just yeah. don't think this is any fun. Like the only time I'm having a partially good time is when our lead Winnie is is hanging out with Weirdo, who everyone calls her Weirdo for some reason. Even her until the end of the movie. And I'm just like, this was one of my things. So one of my things was like. It's one of those movies where, like, you can see how there could have been a better version of it in it, and and like, you, it's like the movie wants me to think that everyone calls her weirdo because it's like thematically supposed to tie into being anti queer or like the town being anti queer or like people around being anti queer, and it's because she's gay is why they call her weirdo and ostracize her. But you can't do that, and then also have two other queer couples accepted in the social dynamic of the, the aunt calls her weirdo yeah uh like and so like it's never it's never well developed of why she's ostracized like that 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 really bothered me um i'll t i want to get into the thing that really really bothers me about this movie which yeah. is um when she when we jump to a year later mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and she's going through that day before she wishes she wasn't there um everyone is shitty Everyone's terrible. I honestly thought we were in the scenario already. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, her dad literally gives her this piece of shit garment and then gives her brother a truck. You're my favorite, favorite child. You're my favorite child. And like, mm -hmm. that's what happens. And then everybody wants to just like move, like move on from this. And then her boyfriend and her best and one of her friends were having sex, like Have it, cheating, uh, for cheating. a year, the moment after like this horrible thing that happened. Hey, you uh, know what, you know what, you know what got a laugh out of me is when, um, is when the, the girl, the side piece, I shouldn't call it that, but um, when yeah. she's just like, when she says, Oh, thank God, you know, now like that got a laugh out of me. I thought that was pretty funny, but it's so, it's so callous and cold. And like the message of the movie by the end of it is like, those people didn't need to be better. You just needed to accept that your life, that those people are like that and just yeah. be like, this is okay. And yeah. that's what she comes back to is that they're like, they feel kind of bad because she had her speech and then she got drunk and hung over, at least from their perspective. So they're like, oh yeah. And, and she's like, but everything's fine now because I found uh, the girl who I, I want to go be with and like, okay, every, so, everything in your world still sucks. Yep. Mm -hmm. so that's what i also rubbed up against sorry ben let me just say let me just go oh, off of that real quickly um the i think the ending of this film flat out sucks like because they have they do this kind of like meant to be this big reveal that instead of being george bailey when he is clarence um to uh bernie's uh george bailey and that and that doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> Because like the the point of it's what the the point of it's a wonderful life isn't that the town is shitty. It's that George Bailey's life has become George Bailey is thinking that his life has really taken a turn into the dumps. There's been a long line of things that George has become unhappy with his life, and so he 
the whole reason why it's called this wonderful life is because he realizes, oh, I actually had a wonderful life. I have everything that I ever wanted in my life. But they do this thing where the 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 town is actually is actually bad, not Winnie. Winnie is technically from the perspective of us, Winnie is the only sane person in this movie, uh, having a, a, a very sane reaction to what has happened in, in yeah. this town, but nobody else is. So like, it's, it's weird to put the person, it's weird to put like George Bailey's wife into the, it's a wonderful life scenario, not yeah. George Bailey. Like, because like the town is George Bailey, essentially the town is, has really screwed things up. And so like, I don't get like, at the end of it, she has gone on this change, but we're meant to believe that the town has changed um, fundamentally because of her because of her her life. And then I don't also like on that. I don't like that Bernie remembers at the end. Well, and like because they have no time to fix it otherwise, yeah. right? Because like they don't. Part of my problem is like. I like that there's queer representation here. I like those two leads. They do not do enough yeah. to build out that romance. Yeah. yeah. They never they never kiss. Yeah. Uh they don't learn enough about each other that like it would be reasonable for her to come and like just approach her and be like, I know these things about you and I want to spend more time with you and like blossom it. Instead, we're like, no, she just has two timelines in her head. Yeah. She's um, Moira McTaggart. What? Well, she does. Well, they do kiss at the end of the when when they're when she's leaving the the bad timeline, the quote unquote bad timeline. Sure, they do kiss at the end there. Um, My bad. I don't. I literally don't remember it. That's fair. I mean, that's you how, really didn't like this how movie. Unimpactful it felt. Sure, uh, Ben. We I interrupted you though. I, I I'm sure you want to get oh. in on this. I apologize. Oh no no, no you're at, uh you're you're good, bud. Um, yeah, the whole thing about trying to put it's a wonderful life into a slasher movie it was it, it is it is weird but you guys are right there is a i feel like there is a better movie in here but and i also wanted to reiterate and or not reiterate but i wanted to agree with you guys about how just god awful the town is a year after um the the deaths the initial deaths of like of her friend the old the gentleman who didn't want to sell the house and even the um justin long's character uh the waters guy but like the scene when his when the water the brother buck comes up and essentially harasses says i I, would get, I should kill you right now in broad daylight and her parents are just down the street a little bit it's like call the cops that's a threat this dude needs to be locked up what is this bs right here well that's and the just, thing like that, but that's the other thing that kind of bugged me about this film is that like going back to like just yeah. fundamentally it doesn't make sense why there's an it's a wonderful life story happening um around this girl because like the story isn't about her being guilty for the death of the mayor for killing the mayor like if the if the story was she feels like she feels guilty so she goes through this story this journey to learn that actually things would have been far worse if she hadn't done that. Yeah. That's so, at least something, but that's not what the story mm -hmm. is. That's not what yeah. the journey is trying to tell us. Right. So like it does. So like it, again, it does. It, it's uh, this weird, like jamming a slasher film into the, it's a wonderful life this, story. This, to your point, this movie doesn't know what its story is about. Yeah. Like, I don't know what this story is trying to say. Like it, it sometimes wants to be about like finding queer love. But I'm like, 
that doesn't seem like a challenge in this town by by just the virtue of other queer relationships existing and it's like it's only sh it's only challenging when the queer characters are removed which is also shitty we have to touch on like at the same time that you're doing queer representation the majority of the film is spent with one of our queer characters dead and the other one their couple broken up yeah and then we are focused on this other queer romance that we're trying to build but like we had to kill off our other queer characters to tell the story of the bad version and like that also sucks um it honestly feels like like the writer like smokes some weed and he's like it's a wonderful life it's a wonderful knife and they started production the next day and then work like backwards. this is this isn't even a, the, the script is awful like half the things mm -hmm. these people say is bad oh, our yeah. main character i main character a uh, year after the massacre she hates christmas right she doesn't like christmas right am i am i correct in assuming that well she doesn't like that right. everyone's ignoring the year prior like, I, just, I don't think it's like a christmas hatred but everybody's being festive and she isn't right she's yeah. anti-festive why does she have a christmas ringtone oh mm. i didn't notice that yeah it's all it's stupid as shit this movie bothers me i wish <laughs> i it it's it's not even fun it's not even a fun movie there's such a better movie here if you just focused on bernie and like actually got to learn who that person is instead of she's just the weird person for some reason. I This would have been such a better movie, but it focuses on so many other characters who are bad. When the mom just turns into the, to the drunkenness lady, I'm like, this is just, this is just like, that, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm that like, was the thing that, that actually, wow, real dumb. that was the thing that actually really pissed me off is like the mom having her side piece, just sleeping with her side piece in the same house. Okay, yeah. there's actually something, There's that, that actually brings me up to something that like, I'm really frustrated this movie doesn't do more of because that's a more interesting story. Is the town is hypnotized? Yes. Like, okay. Openly <laughs> hypnotized. Bro, I lost it. That is the other thing that bothers me about this movie. It bothers me less than the fact that the message is just accept that people around you are crappy. Um, it, it bothers me less than that, but it bothers me a lot. Um, everyone has like loki has put a spell on them they've green eyes explained. and like there's one line that i think is trying to explain it but it doesn't do a good job and i don't think it suffices which is where they say that his spirit is in the aurora borealis meaning waters the guy she killed his spirit is in the aurora borealis and put her here and if you expanded on that enough to say that he is the one who has created this entire reality so he controls it I'd be like, fine, yeah, whatever. But that's that is not drawn A, B to C enough for me to say that that's true. Bro, there's just a crowd of people, and they all have green eyes. And then he's like, "Are they, are they hypnotized?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And then you look at their eyes; they're all green. I'm like, "What did this did you come like a sci-fi movie? Like, what and are we doing?" And here's how you know that I could tell their eyes. Are, I could not tell their eyes are green, but they're glowing. They're like right, sparkling right. in their eyes. And I'm like, oh, mm. they've got, they're hypnotized. Like, so like the movie wants you to know, colorblind or not, that these yeah. efforts are are hypnotized. And so like, he's got, he's doing this like naughty or nice thing where he's like killing people on the stage. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, this is a far more interesting idea than what you've already given me. And you were introducing this at the end of the film. So like, I don't understand why you're introducing this if you're not going to do anything with this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it it needed, and like, when we see the dad, the dad doesn't have that in his eyes, but like, one of the things that bothered me is that it's like, yeah, so now he's under the thumb of him and doing the killings for him, and I'm like, so, he kills your Waters son. killed his son and broke his spirit, so he decided that he would murder on his behalf because he killed his son and broke his spirit. 
that makes zero sense. And then you throw in the hypnotization and I'm like, I, I mean, I guess, but again, you did not explain yeah. that that exists. This movie doesn't even hit an hour and a half. It is an hour, 27 minutes with credits. So it's like an hour, 20 something, right? This movie is like, there's nothing in this movie and it feels like stuff was cut from this movie. Like it's, it's, it kind of baffles me like that. They still, they didn't have to put green eyes on anyone. And it would just be like random townsfolk. And I'd like, I would just accept it just as much because this movie's not doing anything anyway. But then it throws us in at the end. It doesn't even give us any explanation for it. He has bodyguards who don't have green eyes. Why not? Are they just because they're paid a lot? <laughs> and then there's like this whole idea of the Aurora Borealis, which is like this thing. Like if the story was that the spirit is in the Aurora and it's possessed and it, and it creates this reality and it has put her there. That, that creates the idea that this reality was not created because she has decided she doesn't want to live anymore. You know, because like, that's what, that's what, I mean, look, it's a wonderful life is a very Christian film. That's what God is doing. And it's a wonderful life is saying like, we want George Bailey, by the way, that's like the, it's a wonderful life is like 20 minutes of, a, of an alternate universe. Um, so for people who haven't seen it, it, it it's mostly just, George Bailey's life in the 20 minutes being like, Hey, like your life. Um, mm -hmm. But like the, the, the thing of like, of this film it, 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 in it's wonderful life. God is, is, is put, puts George Bailey in this, into this world to, to teach them a lesson, to teach, to teach George that the, his life is in fact wonderful. But if you wanted to like twist that and be like this demonic spirit of, of uh, Mayor Winters, puts her in this world into this worse world where she never existed, that he rules as punishment for killing her. That's something, but that's, that is introduced in the film about halfway through, but that's not the, that's, that's not the implication of this mystical Aurora that's there that has a history of being in this town prior to this moment. It's not this possessed thing. It is the thing that is trying to teach her a lesson until it's not until like they feel until it feels like the screenwriter was like, actually, we're not going to, that's probably a bad idea because the story isn't making any sense. So let's try and do it this way. But then you have yeah. two disjointed narratives based around this, this Aurora that make the film make even less sense. The Aurora, turn, the Aurora turns red. It's like, Oh, it's mad at you. And I'm like, Oh, oh it's sentient now. Okay. The more that we talk about it, the more I'm baffled by like, why wouldn't you go, you could do anything with this concept. Like you can, you can tell the story the way you want to tell it. Why wouldn't you have our co-leads of um, Birdie and Winnie both have made a wish at the same time? And that's why they're both in this scenario. And like they both have their retention. That would make them automatically be more connected to that's each true. other. That's true. That's very true. And like it makes more sense because she would be making the wish like that she doesn't want to live anymore. Yeah. And like it's intervening on her that behalf. And and she's making the wish like it, everyone would be better if I wasn't alive. And like it's mixing the two. And that's why this reality exists is for both of them to be put into that basically like cosmically putting them together. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. uh, one of you is the answer for the other. Uh, and like if you'd centered that, it makes their dynamic better. It makes the relationship more focused. And it makes the circumstances of why things are happening around them easier to fabricate and explain. Yeah, yeah. It's I, kind of like the slasher film kind of gets in the way a little bit because like that what you're talking about actually a pretty interesting it's a wonderful life riff drama yeah. like I'd watch that just without the slasher film elements but then you include the slasher film elements and you're hoping that would make it a little bit more fun but it doesn't it actually makes it a little bit more boring. Um, yeah. <laughs>
our first kill, and it's funny because Megan remarked on it, the very first kill where uh, the old man's throat gets slashed, the knife's just like over his throat. And it's just, and it's like very bad. And we're just like, oh no, is this the quality we're going? Oh no. No, no it's worse than that. Did you notice it's the wrong way? He cuts no. him with the dull end of the knife. <laughs> oh, that's even I that's even worse. Uh I, I clocked the, that immediately. There's the 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 eyeball, like the like the the what is it? Like it's like an icicle or it's like a candy, candy, candy cane. Candy. And it's like they don't even edit it well. Like you throw him, put it in, and then we just get a shot of it. Go, it's like it doesn't even go through, it's just already in his brain. I'm like, it's just like slash of one on one, guys. It's, 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 it's slash through the mouth. It's through the mouth. Yeah, through the, the mouth. mouth. Yeah, but I mean, we don't yeah. see it go through. It's just the shot of it's in my mouth now, and I'm like, that's what you used to do in the '70s when you had no budget. But like, it's just like, I, it isn't even a good slasher movie. Like, I don't like the characters are really dull. Like, Winnie's fine. Like, I I like I like Bernie, but like again, there's not enough for me to really connect. Another part of the problem is when you create like the majority of the story taking place in the shitty reality. That means that like we're dealing with the shittier version and also impermanent versions of characters. Mm -hmm. So when they die, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Random guys at parties who I don't know. Now there's an alternate version of them. I already like, don't okay. I already don't care about those characters at all. But these are even the worst versions of them who live in a reality I know is impermanent. They all smell crack. What's so what's also really really they create this idea that if she don't if she doesn't fix this, then she could live in this reality forever. Um, which creates a ticking clock in this whole thing and like it's not necessarily something that um you, you didn't need it, it in a different movie i think probably it would create some interesting stakes but it really doesn't here um but you have the you also have this idea of like what, what sparks is saying like the going back again to it's, it's wonderful life and i i forgive i i'm sorry to make so many connections between the two but this is the movie it's riffing off of so no, like, they, they want you to so they want so they want you to. So like if you're looking at it's a wonderful life, when you're introduced to other versions of the people of Pottersville, I'm sorry, of um well yeah, it's Pottersville and the Water Watersville or whatever. No, oh, no it's uh, Angels Fall. Angel Falls. No, no, in the original, it's it Bedford Falls. Uh Bedford Falls in, in the original and then Pottersville in the in the in the alternate universe. Um, when you're in that alternate reality of Pottersville, when you're introduced to other characters that we've met throughout George Bailey's life, it's tragic because we see the impact that George Bailey has had on people, uh, the positive impact of what it could have done, specifically because of how Potter Biff Tannen the whole town. Uh, if you're for the Back to the Future folks out there, um, and so, so, but when you get to this, you have a really interesting idea of, of like what does a year long slasher film do for people of this town what is that how is that going to affect this town how does this kind of cancer infect this town who has been ravaged for every but like they're all just kind of generically more dickish and 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 there's not really there's a line that joel McHale says in this movie that says it's it's crazy how much of a difference one person can make in people's lives and that's supposed to be kind of a wake up call to to Winnie, but he's and he's talking about his uh, the brother who passed away, Jamie, mm -hmm. um, Jimmy, Jimmy, um, it's Jimmy and Winnie, cute. Um, and so like uh, Jimmy, he's talking about uh, about Jimmy, but like that's not the lesson of this film because Winnie, <laughs> Winnie's impact is pretty much she killed one dude, and the town was maybe worse for it <laughs> like, well, like well like and again it wants you to 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 it, 
I won't even say it wants to because it doesn't do a good job of doing this. The idea should be from its conventions, right? That about her impact for Birdie. Yeah. But it's it's just not about that. And like that's that's a problem. Is that it's just it's just not about that because like it's not just about the fact that she killed one guy. And and that also should be something she has to confront that that she feels like that's all her value is. And then it isn't. Yeah, when when Buck when Buck confronts her, she's like, "I'm I felt guilt this entire year. Like, bro, you saved someone's life and you killed a murderer. Like, I understand you have like like trauma from hurting someone, but you shouldn't feel like I did something bad. You literally killed a serial killer who's who's going to kill your brother. Who's going to kill your brother? Like, I I know that that just also bothers me. I'm like, you you should not feel this bad about something. Traumatized about it. Yes, and you can feel awful that you lost your best friend. Yes, I think both of those things make sense and are a valid place of trauma for the movie to start from. Yeah, but the idea of this like heavy guilt is just weird. Yeah, and then you can also have it like if because if if the idea is that no one's confronting this trauma, right? Like no one's confronting uh, this 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 trauma that this girl has gone through of losing her best friend or losing uh, or almost losing her brother and killing this person, that people are ignoring this trauma that is just kind of like sat inside her forever. But the story shouldn't be that, right? It should be that people are trying to help her move past this trauma, but have her, but but it should she feels again if you're going to do the it's a wonderful life thing it, she should feel guilty for killing this person uh, and yeah. have everyone tell her hey that's not you shouldn't feel guilty for this but you you know because we know how these voices talk to, anybody with depression knows that the, at the end of the day the voices here win out out over the voices out there every single time there is not a, a day of my life where this voice has ever been drowned out by anything that any of my friends has ever said so if you wanted to say that that's what she's going through. That is the trauma that she is going through, this guilt, this internal guilt that is constantly every day telling her, you were wrong for killing this person, you were wrong for killing this person, and have her family be people trying to help her through this trauma, not just her sweet Aunt Gail, uh, then, you, then you've then you got something here where now she has to go on a journey of, of learning, oh yes, I actually did make a difference, I did the right thing, and uh, and that's why this journey is important. But halfway yeah. through, the film decides that the journey should be about Bernie and Winnie's love story, and then it co- totally cuts that off. But it, I can't even say that is even right. I'm going to amend that statement and say it cuts it off because it doesn't, because that's not what the movie's about. Right. Yeah. And, they, and again, like to your point, this is why it bothers me so much is because like that that isn't the world she leaves. She leaves a world where everyone's just kind of really shitty around her and shitty about it, or like at worst, at like best, passive. Like her brother is passive about it. And like, yeah. that's at best. Yeah. And when she comes back, none of that's changed. She just ha- has been like, wow, it was a lot shittier in the other thing where everyone was getting killed and like uh, it was grayscale all the time and there were only blue lights in the town and it was basically like the Ultraman alternate reality from Smallville. That was really bad. <laughs> um, and like, and then she comes back and and Bro, she's she... like, man, whew, at least this is like 25% worse than than I'd want it to be instead of 75. Like, wow, what a relief. When she, when she... Let me go running through the town in this tracksuit. Yeah. I think it's so ugly. Yeah, yeah. When she confronts her, her ex-boyfriend and best friend, she's like, you guys are perfect together. I'm not even mad. I'm like that. Bro, you fuck that. You, man, you really are easy to, to forgive cheaters and, and people who've lied to you for over a year. That's crazy. It's, 
it, but you know, but there's a but there's a, a world where that's like fine, right? Because she learned that she didn't oh she didn't actually love that person. Like maybe it's a gay awakening story. There's there's not but really about, anything. But it's about the, how she responds to what they did. Sure, but there's not really like a. This isn't really a gay awakening story. It's it 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 it's pretty much said from from scene one that that Winnie is gay but dating a man, um, and like that was that was kind of weird to me because like she's so clearly not straight, and so like if the story was like she, okay, in the world I keep making like far better films of this far better films here uh, in the world where this movie <laughs> is a story of Bernie and Winnie both saying they wish they never existed. And then the, the, the creating this idea. And then that becomes this kind of gay awakening story of Winnie learning that she is actually gay. Then I can see the world where she confronts her boyfriend and be like, you know what? It, I, I was never, I was never in love with you anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, but they don't you... they don't say that. She's just like, I forgive you guys. I'm so happy for you, which could be sweet. But like, man, in this movie, it's just like, like I didn't I didn't fit over. Like, it's one thing. It's one thing to like be accepting of like you were cheating on me. And you know what? I realized I'm queer and like th this whole thing. And you were right. Like I wasn't present and and I had faults. But like but the context is we started this a year ago essentially the night like not long after or immediately after your best friend was murdered and you murdered a man and you've been carrying around that weight and you've been absent because of that and because you've been absent because of that i needed some attention so i went and slept with your friend and we just decided to keep that going in secret for a whole year rather than just like you know breaking up with you those are bad people those are bad people who deserve to be told they're bad people for yes. that kind of thing and like the film being forgiving of it is like disgusting and they're in this movie too much they're in this movie too much. Get out of here. I don't care about them. We They're bad people. And it keeps wanting to yeah. tell me like, no, it's okay because they really love each other. And I'm like, that doesn't I don't make care. Do I would have okay. gave up the 10 minutes of all those people smoking crack in that party for more Bernie Winnie time. Like how yeah, much more crack too. do I seem to get smoked? Um, I love it so um, for you. There's a lot, like Sparks said, there's a lot of times in this movie where, or like the, those two people, it's like, they're bad people. It's like, don't give them the time of day. It's how I'm just like, hey, you guys suck, but I have uh, more feelings. We'll talk later. Bye. Or just, just tell them, to, just tell them off. Just tell them that they suck or something. Because look, it's a cute. When, when, I was just to say, it's a cute reference that she's running through the town, saying how much she loves all these moments. But like, it's hollow because it doesn't make any sense. Because like, the 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 reason why George Bailey does it in the original is because of how much he 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 just he thought he hated the town, but he doesn't hate the town. So he's yelling, "Oh my goodness, I love all these things in this town that I spent my entire life with." But she has no connection to this town at all. But there's this weird, again, to kind of keep it in with the It's a Wonderful Life, there's a weird subplot that the, that the killings are, um, um, what's the word? Um, Connected? No, they're, they're real estate related. Um, yes. They're, they're related to, to, all, to, to real estate holdings. Well, they're great, the they're good. But it doesn't. There's no connection with any shop within the town for us to care about that these real estate people are are losing all the things. So when he, she sees like, oh, the mayor owns this entire town, what does that mean to us? Because we don't know any of the townspeople outside of Joel McHale. Yes. Uh, 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 Aunt Gail Prescott, uh, her wife was killed and like and her print shop was bought out. But like I have no connection. Apparently she had a print shop. 
Yeah, I thought I thought she said prank shop, and then and then Megan said no. I think she said print. So like I didn't even hear the right shop that was yeah, bought yeah. out, right? Like you are right, Brandon. Like there are so many avenues. So, like we can focus on the cap, like the capitalization of this town of how it's moving towards one person and everything, but that's hollow. So I'm just like, there's there's like no substance. This is like a this is a sandwich with literally no meat. It's yeah, just two pieces of bread. There's a lot of nice ideas there. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw out just some quick positives. Brandon yeah. alluded to the scene earlier where Joel McHale is talking about um can you can you believe the difference that one life makes and like could you imagine if that per like that person's lucky could you imagine if they had to see what they leave behind how painful that would be um and i'll say i like the writing of that scene yeah i think it's one of the best scenes in the movie i think joel McHale is acting really well in it that yeah. scene worked for me yeah um uh i think justin long's character in his like goofiness works yeah. i think it's fun yeah i think if he were allowed to go up like three more levels and the rest of the movie rose to meet him yeah it would be a more fun film it should be way even campier. if it a lot even if it still didn't capture the substance of a lot of things we've been talking about thematically it would be a lot more fun to watch because he is i think aiming for as high as possible he can the level of what the film deserves i love big fake teeth and like he's pulled back by direction and writing but his idea of being what he is is spot on. Like he yes. would be very, if he was allowed to stretch it a little further and the movie rose to meet that, I think yes. it would be a lot more fun to watch. He set me up to thinking the movie was going to be way sillier and it's simply not. It is just kind of boring. And I wish everybody was as kooky as that character is. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. glad he came back because like him at the Christmas thing is like really silly and fun. But and like the thing is like because if you raise everything up to be really silly and, and cartoony and like really out out of the weeds, but Birdie and Winnie are is the only thing that's like sincere at the heart of it, then it stands out all the more and it works. Yeah. Like everything else can be like off the rails insane. As long as they're solid, that queer representation, the 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 idea of the queer romance being found will work. And everything else can just be a good freaking slasher time as it should be. Like, it can just be goofy and, and off the rails. And I feel like Justin Long was aiming for that as high as he possibly could and held back. Yeah. There's something I want to... There's a couple more things I want I wanted to mention. Um, we've been dancing around the the the, the ending of the film. Uh, her kind of living in this world and being like, oh, I, um, uh, I just have to accept that everyone's shitty in my life. Um, I <clears throat> like that the family give her a new camera. It shows that they really do like her. I wish, but it, again, it comes out to hollow because the family's not the people who went through the, it's a wonderful life scenario. It's her. Um, I, I, I do like that scene, but like, I just don't. And then like, I, I like that scene because like, then there's like, we're going to listen to you. We're going to, under, we're going to help you through this. We're sorry that we have been ignoring you all this time. Like there's the thing. But again, like it, it's hollow because the family's not the people who went through the scenario. She is. Um, so like I don't understand why that change happened in the family uh, at I don't all, think it's other real... than it needed to. Well, I don't think it's a real change, right? Like they had this gift held back, but it's a gift that should have been given at the same time as the truck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do think like contextually they're meant to feel bad because like she did go off at them the night before and then got drunk. It's to their perspective. Yeah. Got drunk and got hungover. And so they're like, all right, we need to be maybe a little more gentle, but I don't think they're changed people. Yeah. I think like they did get this camera, but they still don't want to talk about this. They still don't want to address it and they don't really want to support her. 
But what you're talking like, about, what oh. you're doing right here is real quickly, Ben, what you're doing right there is you're putting real a real life, real life things on hollow people that don't exist. Well, so like you're right in a real life scenario, that would be the case. But the film is telling you that's not the case, but it doesn't work because these are hollow characters that don't make any sense. Well, but I'm saying like it because con, because in the context of the movie, they didn't go through the events of the alternate reality. They are the same people from the night before when we left, which means they're still shitty. They are still shitty people. They're right, not which is, what, which is what I'm saying doesn't make any sense about the about the ending because they didn't go through the scenario. So why why have they? Why does the film want to tell me that they've changed? Whether or not you you believe it or not, the film is telling you these people are changed now because of because of what happened, and it doesn't work because these are these aren't three dimensional characters. They're uh, plot contrivances for the character to, for 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 people to bounce off of, um, and that's not how you make good stories that's not how you make good christmas stories um if a uh, uh, full stop um ben you wanted to say something though i apologize oh no i was just gonna harp on like the parents for giving the kid of the brother a truck because even when that uh, when we get to that christmas eve scene when the aunt you can say, drive like, it too yeah. it's for both of us <laughs> Look, he's just trying to save his ass um but yeah also, like, why doesn't whole... she drive the truck over to birdies <clears throat> oh, oh that's a good point she has to run through the town screaming how much she loves it yeah uh but yeah like the whole even you hear one aunt says like or the mom says like you oh you get to open one present on christmas eve and then we get to open everything else in the morning um but it's like you won't give the truck on christmas eve if your family does that tradition that's dumb or that's like here's the biggest, biggest freaking thing or last yeah yeah exactly um, but that's just that's a nitpick um i wanted i wanted to yeah say, like a line that I thought was really funny. I wanted to say say a positive as Sparks was talking about before. There's a positive. The tracksuit, fine. I think she looks cute in it. I don't understand why she hates it so much. But she says a lesbian. You gave me a lesbian tracksuit, and then her mom, her aunt says, mm, "We wouldn't, know. we wouldn't wear that." I thought that yeah. was very funny. Yeah. yeah, that was a good joke. Go ahead, Ben. Um, actually, a line I did think was funny was when she's talking to her aunt and she convinces her that, yeah, I'm your, I'm your uh, niece. That was cute. The, that was cute. Uh, it's like in 1999, you did this, and she's like, fair point. Okay, <laughs> you are my nephew. Or you are my niece. Get in here. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. There's just so are... much. Like the more I think about this movie, because I will not lie, the second I was done with this movie, I was part of me was like, all right, it's that was a thing I watched. And then I instantly went going to do something else. This, there are so many times, like, even when I was trying to tell my fiance of what it's a wonderful life is, cause she's never seen the movie before. And the more I'm trying to think of and more, I'm, I'm like watching this and trying to, or not trying to, but I was like, there's other avenues that this movie could have done to make it a better movie yeah. instead of what we got. And to, and, We've talked about this before, and to me, the sign of a, a movie that's really not good is when you can think of a better scenario or better plot points as you're watching the movie. Yeah. Like that's the sign of a not well-made or not, especially not a well-written film. And also, there are just parts of this of this movie where I felt like the acting was just so not good. It just felt awkward like really it's like there were pauses in between areas there were some times where it was like one character said something but it was really flat um yeah. i do want to give credit where credit's due the the scene with joel McHale where they're talking where him and winnie are talking about jimmy in his office before you know i was like yeah that's a really good scene he's bringing it but then there's another scene where 
the mom where, where she i guess i know she's just trying to act like it's christmas let's be happy but it's like your daughter is freaking traumatized it's this does not make any sense you should be like hey are you okay but no it's like oh yay happy happy christmas time yay if, if, um yeah. my our, our son is like he's a business partner for the dad money yay and it's like yeah. you all suck you really it, you all suck no matter how good you could be as an actor, if you have a shitty script, it's incredibly hard to sell bad lines. Well, um, and I will say, like, the other thing is, I think this is a very clear example where it's not just a script problem. It is a director problem. Like, I don't think the direction is good, which means I also don't think the director knew how to, like, encourage or push the actors or or yeah, guide yeah. them into better takes. Um, if they happen to hit gold, they happen to hit gold. Yeah. Um, there's uh, something that Spark said that I want to go back to, which is... Um, uh, you know, the, the this town isn't real. This alternate reality town isn't real. Um, so the dad is revealed to be a new killer, which we've already talked about as a weird decision, blah, blah, blah. blah. But they decide to kill him because they think killing the dad will um, help reset the timeline and go back. Um, but... Oh, Sorry, I'm gonna rewind a bit because I just remembered something that I really hate. You know that scene when when they when they drop the angel on on, on the floor and then they all step over him. I hate awesome. that shit. I'll oh, I bring it up. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey guys, have you seen Scream? Let's watch a worse version of it. Scream. Let, yeah. You got to You got to You got to kill him. That's the moment you kill him. Um, like we're we've done this before. We've done this for why, decades. We're done. Why the first when Birdie first jumps over because she's the first one to get over. She wouldn't just at least kick the knife away from the killer. Yeah, I don't even uh, like. So so like the the dad being killed, but there's there's no weight to the father's death, to Joel McHale's death at the at, in the movie theater because like this isn't the, there's a reason why it's a Wonderful Life isn't a slasher film, <laughs> and it's because like when we're in Pottersville at the end of the film. It, we don't care. These aren't our versions of the characters. So if they, if they die, they go back and uh, George Bailey goes back in time and everything's fine again. There's no yeah. weight to that. So like if you kill a, a main important character and it doesn't have any ramifications, like it's not like revealing that the dad was the second killer the whole time or blah, 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 blah. blah. It just feels hollow. Like, and even Winnie isn't, it isn't even like that upset that she killed her alternate reality version of her dad. Yes, 100%. Even though it's not her actual dad, she murders her father. And and then when she sees him again, there's not like a big like moment of like, oh, like, you don't, you know, oh, the night I had that, you wouldn't believe it or anything. I'm just like, and also bringing up that the dad being like the killer in this world, like, I thought they were going to set up that he was the second killer. So there would be a twist in some capacity in the real world. We don't even get that. We don't even no, get that. control. Because he's, Yes. It's just like every opportunity this movie has to do something cool, they don't do it. Um, and the last thing I want to say that's a negative because I have one more positive that I want to talk about and then I'm pretty much done talking about this movie. Um, uh, we talked about kills. Um, if you're doing a Christmas slasher film, if you're doing a Christmas film uh, in this kind of vein, we've talked about Christmas movies. We, we uh, for the past couple of years, we like to do these kind of like alternate Christmas movies. Um, the, these ones that aren't like It's a Wonderful Life or the Santa Claus, like, you know, more fun. We did Better Watch Out. That was a really fun movie and really liked that movie. Uh, Violet Night, we talked about last year. Really great movie. I really enjoyed them. I watched that movie just before I watched this one. Huge mistake. <laughs> Huge mistake watching Violent Night before this movie because Violent Night is a really good case for having an having kills in a Christmas movie be specifically geared towards Christmas memorabilia, Christmas like um, um, 
Like you go into the movie looking for Christmas kills, getting killed with a candy cane, getting killed with an ice pick, uh, getting hit with a hammer. Um, that's not, you know, get the, the end. John Leguizamo gets like shunted up a chimney and like crushed to death. Like yeah. you, it's, you, you come into a Christmas slasher film. You want kills that feel very much in line with the kind of story that you're going to get, the kind of story that you're riffing on. And in this case, Christmas. I haven't seen Thanksgiving, but the the trailer at least looks like there's some Thanksgiving related kills uh, in the film. So like you, so you you go looking for that sort of thing, and and to have the kills be in this movie, just kind of getting stabbed in the gut a few times, doesn't it doesn't work? It doesn't make it more fun. There's no reason why this needs to be a Christmas movie other than you're riffing off of a very popular Christmas movie. Um, so like I just I don't. So it was very upsetting. Very 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 upsetting. That said, I, I do kind of like the angel design. If I'm honest, I think the 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 angel I, the idea of a Chris of a, of an angel at the top of a Christmas tree killing people is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, and it's all right. At first, I thought it was like this supposed to be like a ghost of Christmas, whatever. But yeah, the angel's pretty neat. The angel design is a uh, decent. Um, I, that is, uh, I will say just real quick, that is another section where like I wish there was some there was more competence here to have gone further with that because like you could have played in an ambiguousness where like maybe where like once we're in the alternate reality is the angel re- a real angel like you you could have played with a lot of christmas stuff there there's just other avenues i'm not saying like that wouldn't have muddied the film or anything but like there are ways to make like the angel's presence feel in the alternate reality even grander than they have been like choric music when they show up and yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing like there are ways to play into its aesthetic to make it like feel grander than it did in her regular reality so that it's putting her even more on the back foot yeah uh mm-hmm. they want you to remember it's a christmas movie because over the scr- over mm-hmm. the track they just have j- jingle bells in the background Jing-jing. just jingle bells uh Jing-jing. also i was so ready for the, there to be multiple killers because again this is also like doing a lot of scream stuff does the first part of the movie that dude's teleporting like super fast he disappears he's immediately under a bridge i'm like okay so we have multiple killers there's no way somebody is this fast and then we don't even get that. They just wanted it to be super quick and spooky. I'm like, there's not even a good payoff for that. How'd you get under that bridge so fast, sir? It's yeah, crazy. Classic yeah, but also I, I want to agree with Brandon's point about how you're watching a, a Christmas movie where it's a violent Christmas movie, like Violent Night, where there's a bunch of Christmas-themed kills. The only Christmas-themed kill that I could that I remember is the, the kid with the candy cane behind the skull. And at first mm-hmm. I'm like, huh, that's actually a pretty creepy way to die because, you know, you're making out with your girlfriend and then all of a sudden she's like, oh, what did you eat? And it turns out it's blood. He's dead. <laughs> but then it's the next the oh what well, turns out it's blood yeah it's, it's like me. surprise it's like surprise but then you're absolutely right because we don't see the candy cane go through and then the next shot is like the part of the candy cane outside of his mouth it's like that would have been do a double kill then the, but at the same time it would have been it's like this uh this whole thing um the last yeah, positive this, i want to say the last positive I want to say, we've already talked about it. This scene with Aunt Gail uh, being convinced in the alternate reality that Winnie is her is her niece. That's just a trope I like of convincing someone that they're in an alternate that you're in an alternate reality. You're related to this person or you're friends with this person, and you tell them something personal about them, and they believe you. I just like that trope. I'm glad this movie implemented it. I think it's kind of fun. Sure. I could use more like get rid of half the other characters. I could use more Gail. Like she, like she was like the only like sane logical person in the whole movie. I feel like uh, I could use more of her. Uh, her death moment what sucked. Yeah, like for a character you do care about in the alternate reality, like maybe the only one that isn't Birdie or Winnie. Yeah. Um, just no no impact to it. 
Yeah. It's the one where she just like it goes to the door and has a knife yeah, in the back. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, you're so right, guys. Like for this being a Christmas horror movie, there's shockingly little Christmas happening with our kills. And like that's like that is just like a like a requirement to, of this type of genre movie. Like like it's it feels just super lazy. Like this is like watching a like a weekend, man. If you're watching Anna and the Apocalypse and she's not killing people with a sharp uh with a with a sharp um candy giant cane. um candy cane. It's less fun. Yeah. It's less fun. But because yeah. it because she is, it's more fun. Literally the bare minimum that you do to do this kind of movie. It's, it's the it's the idea of things feeling discordant. You are used to Christmas and Christmas uh uh ambiance being used for like pleasant and happy and joyful, and that's the context of it. So when you juxtapose it against violence or uh uh e- even in a silly way like blood and all that kind of stuff like it's meant to give you like it's it scratches a different itch of like oh these things aren't supposed to blend like this and that makes yeah. it feel interesting and cool and yeah didn't do it uh, uh i'll i'm gonna recommend uh uh i'm gonna say three i was gonna say two but three there are three better christmas horror movies you can watch one of them is uh, uh rare exports which is like a, which is a European movie that has like crazy like in naked Santa elves trying to murder people. There is um, Santa's Sleigh, which stars the wrestler Goldberg, where he one. is a giant muscle bound Santa Claus murdering the shit out of people. That movie's incredible. And this one's not as good because it has some really bad like sexual assault stuff in it. But Jack Frost, it's about a killer snowman, and that dude literally is like stabbing people with his nose and shit. Like. Those movies are not great movies, but at least they're fun to watch. We also just named Better Watch Out. Better Watch Out is like an incredible movie. God, I love that movie. I would kill to get a sequel to that movie, which they set up. Uh, There's so many better examples. Like, this just feels like really lazy. And like, from the guys who made Freaky, like, I'm honestly surprised. Even notably the original Black Christmas. Yeah, Black Christmas. Absolutely. I haven't seen the new one, though. I've heard good things. Yeah. But but because I haven't seen it, I can't recommend it. But the original Black Christmas. That's true. Like, get killed with some, uh, uh, some Christmas lights. I. I, I think we've already named Violent Night. Better watch out. Like there are much better versions of this type of film um, that I think are much, are well worth your thoughts. I I didn't hate it as much as um, even this reveal has made it seem. Um, I thought I was kind of whatever watch, um, but uh, uh, yeah, it, there it's not going to be on my Christmas rotation for sure. There's tons of better films. Don't I, I wish that we could have ha- uh, been talking about how great this movie was, how it's another great kind of this kind of um, uh, uh, alternate Christmas movie for people who don't like watching the Grinch or whatnot. Um, but unfortunately this isn't, this isn't it. I'm genuinely sad that there isn't now. Now I feel like a whole of not having a good, uh, we told a queer story using the template of it's a wonderful life through this, like both, two people who thought that the world was better off without them and realized that it's better for each other if they're both it's there. right there and man. like it, it that has now created this hole where i'm like wow i hate that we don't have that mm. um i'm gonna rate let's, it right now i'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and lean into that um it's a four yeah. um yep. just just um uh, second worst movie i watched this year just terrible that's the first what's the Ghosted. first oh shit was that bad Ghosted, yeah damn i was never gonna watch it anyway um yeah honestly i was since I haven't seen Ghosted, like, I try to only, because, like, you know, life life is short, y'all. I'm not trying to watch bad movies if I don't have to. So, like, a lot of the movies I watch on my own, like, I watch them make sure they're, like, at least the people I know like them. So, like, this is probably the worst movie I've seen this year. Uh, and, like, I look at, like, Five Nights at Freddy's, which I don't think is great. I had significantly more fun watching that movie. Uh, at least the kills and stuff are fun in that movie. It's got great animatronics. Like, yeah, this is a four. Like, like I'm, I was... I was really excited to watch this when, like, uh, uh, when you recommended it, because honestly, I probably wouldn't have got to it. But like, this movie, 
there's so many better ideas that could have been done. It just feels like like not even a cash grab. It's like, yo, let's like, I got a couple of weeks. Why don't we? Why don't I make this movie real quick? I wrote it in seven like seven hours. Like, it's a it's a bummer. Yeah. Ben, rate it three. Ooh. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, I, yeah, this yeah. movie's not good. This movie is really just bad. Like the whole time I'm watching this, like this feels like a straight to DVD. Uh, like those bargain bin movies you find at Walmart, and they're they're not even on the top of the bargain bin. They're like deep down in there. Like they're that, the two dollar barrel where they're like five dollars. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or and like the more you go down, the cheaper the movies are, and like the the the. Like it's like you go down like this is a two or one dollar movie. It's like the four pack of like B movie and like like Madagascar Seven and like yeah 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 stuff like stuff like that. Um, yeah, this movie the whole time I'm, I was watching this, there were times I'm like even was talking with you guys. It's like yeah, this there is a good idea in this movie. There can't stuff can't like we've talked about all, all the time. Stuff can be good. This isn't one of them because I don't know if this guy was just like on a horrific deadline and procrastinated the hell out of this movie or it was just like just like you know let's just like bust it out let's just see what happens and it's like this isn't good there are so many things that you could have done to like not only just tie in with the it's a wonderful life but also to at least make it a decent fun slasher film and be like who's the killer or like okay we know one of them but then like here's a twist there's there's more than one there's three of them or something i don't know it's it's not fun it's it's bad I will. I will also point out that Ryan and I both are uh, have a proclivity to like the main actor of this because we liked her in Yellow. She's in one of my favorite shows, Yellow Jackets. Um, yeah, and uh, and even that couldn't uh, bring this movie all the way up for me. I'll just say real quick, like I would give this a whole rating or more higher uh, if the if that damn message of the movie at the end of like everyone everyone's still terrible. Like you went back and like you just need to learn to accept that like uh this is still better than the worst possible outcome and it's like oh okay cool like can't do it i think for me uh it's not the worst movie i saw this year that still goes to 65 and strays you hated strays um but i think it is definitely down there um god 65 is so bad fucking 65 um like um I think this film suffers from too many ideas. Um, very disjointed. It's it it needed a second pass, maybe a third pass. This doesn't feel like someone uh, wrote this in their sleep to me. This feels like someone wrote the first draft and turned it in and said and called it a day. Um, and you needed you needed another pass, or you needed an editor. You needed something uh, to clean up the script, make it a little bit more concise, make it a little bit, make it a little bit cleaner, figure out what the message is because the move, this movie as it is, does not know what the message is. That said, I like the queer rep. I like the two main characters. It's really important for me that this, that, 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 that aspect of this film exists. I w- yes, I wish it was stronger. Yes. It, but it, so for me, I'm still going to give it the highest rating, but it's still a five. It's a five out of 10 for me. If you guys want to watch some good queer representation in good media, uh, watch Bottoms or watch Our Flags Mean Death. Those are both significantly Yo. better and, f- and and feature prominent queer representation. You guys saw Bottoms? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bottoms is incredible. I love that yeah, movie. Yeah. Like, one of the fu- like one of the funniest movies of the year. And uh, the almost the entire cast is full of, is, is, is queer yeah. representation. Uh, Our Flags Mean Death is a great co- uh, comedy pirate show by Taika Waititi. It's like the one of the good things he's made in the last couple of years, unfortunately. But it's that has some great queer rep too. Uh, it, it's it's there is definitely not as much out there. 
But like there is, you search for it. That's the thing. That's the thing. I'm not saying I'm not saying that this film is this this film for me is marginally better for because it has queer rep. Without it, there's nothing in this film for me to like. So because it's there, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying that I'm saying that because it's there, the film is is in fact uh, better marginally. Like it's I gave it a five. Like a five is not passing grade. This is more that was more for the audience. Yeah, yeah. But the audience should definitely watch Bottoms. Bottoms is an incredible movie. I loved it to death. I'm so happy you guys watched it. Uh, I'll I'm gonna be really transparent real quick and just say that like the queer representation is why I'm giving it a four. Yes, it's sure. really a two. Yeah. Like, like I want to yeah. be clear. I'm still thinking about the queer representation and giving it a four. Like this is just a difference in where our ratings are. And yeah. that's fine because they're all individualized, but I want to be really clear. It's only as high as a four because of the queer representation. You're and right. Liking yeah. those leads. If you're right, if this were just like a white, well, like a straight white woman and like, it's about her boyfriend. Like I would have, I would have probably stopped watching the movie like for yeah. real because like I've, I've seen enough straight boring movies in my life. So like, yeah, I it's it, they, they tr- I just wish they tried more because like yeah. I want to recommend I a love, good queer horror movie. I love when we do a review where we go on forever because we're just mad. <laughs> it doesn't happen that often. <laughs> no, but like every once in a while, it's nice but to hey, have a release. It's Christmas. Yeah. Um, so. It's been a It's how long has it been since Crabs of Grindelwald where we all went off on that Years. one. Let's let's turn <laughs> let's turn the lens away from this yes. and uh, focus on ourselves. It's time for the mini podcast year in review. Um, mini. Mini, mini, mini. We'll see how Brandon does it. All right, guys, my turn. Um, last year, I told you guys everything we did. And this year, I did the same thing. So um, I'm going to run through some things with all of our shows. Uh, just kind of just kind of like, and stop me if you want to reminisce, please, because we did a lot of stuff. And I want us to kind of uh, embrace that that sort of thing and, and be like, hey, this was really cool. I really enjoyed doing this. So um, I will start with fake nerd podcast our main show our mothership show um and this is all of this is all of recording on december 17th 2023 this episode goes out on december 24th there will probably be more episodes in the coming week as of december 17th this is what's been released everything of the fake nerd podcast we released 39 episodes this year that's only down from 41 from last year um that's impressive yeah, right. Um, especially because we went bi-weekly for the strikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we started the year at three at episode 309. We're at, uh, ending the year either at 348 or 349. Cut out one of those, depending if we record another one. It's later. probably 349. Yeah. Um, we changed the we changed the format twice this year, once at 336 and one at 345. Um, those were uh, when we changed the format from being the long kind of four hour long uh, nightly podcast to the um, attempted two hour long podcast uh, where we just talk about the news. And then we changed the news format again at 345. Um, some of the notable things we covered were uh, the James Gunn's new DCU was announced at the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. uh, the Mondo layoffs when Funko bought Mondo and just decided to tank that company, although that seemed to have worked out. Not like great, but it's working out so far. So we'll see. Still not, um, still not for the poster market. Yeah, we have. Uh, we've covered a lot of video game layoffs. We covered a lot of layoffs in general. There was a lot of layoffs this year that happened. Um, we covered both the SAG after and the WGA strike. That was a big part of the, the later year. HBO Max's rebrand happened this year from HBO Max to just Max, where you can watch HBO. 
What a year. We could we we should have called that yo, Zaslav sucks the year. Mm-hmm. We have talked about Zaslav a lot this year. Like he won't he won't let us stop talking about him because every week it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna do something stupid. Yeah. Um it's impressive. Dragon Ball Dymo. Last year during the holiday annual, we'll shit on him now. And we'll shit on him until he finally takes his pension and golden parachutes out of the crumbling wreckage that is Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um a Dragon Ball Dima was announced this year. We talked about that. Really excited for that show. Um, Dave Filoni. Melissa Barrera was more recently. Uh, we talked about uh, her firing from the Scream franchise. Speaking of Ooh, Scream. We have, an yeah. up, we have an update. We have a quick update. The rumor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Spyglass tried to reach out to her and she said, go fuck yourselves. No. Uh, so the full the full rumor, if it's true. I don't believe is, that, though. It's really tasty if it's true. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. Which is that she said, pay for a flight for me to come to a meeting. And she walked into the meeting and they said, we want you to come back. And she said, no, thanks. Bye. I want that to be true, but like I, I don't think she would give them the time of day at this point. But if it is true, girl, you a legend. Yeah. You're a legend. Hope, that's incredible. I hope we get clarification on if that's true. Because if that's true, that's legit incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we've talked about a lot of a lot of famous people who passed away this year. Um, but some of the notable ones were Ray Stevenson, which really took us by surprise. Um, mm-hmm. Lance Reddick, once again, took us by surprise. And uh Arlene Sorkin, uh, the voice of Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn. Uh, and plenty more uh, that I just I and just and we, just recently I think just the Andre Brower is I think worth a throw in as well. That's that's also one of the big blows um, and fresh, but like yeah. yeah. Uh, and as of as of now, we haven't recorded that, so I didn't have that here. But yeah, hopefully uh, by the time this airs, we'll have sure. Um, Figner's Watch. We did fifty episodes of Figner's Watch. Uh, that's down only three episodes from last year's 53. Uh, notable well, they're not all out yet. That's true. I had to, I was updating this till this morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is up until now. A uh, notable event happened. We launched the audio feed for Pectorin's Watch. That was exciting. Um, that's doing really well. Um, we covered The Last of Us with Pi Geron, Willow, Star Trek Picard with Cookie, The Mandalorian, Star Trek Change to Worlds, Secret Invasion, Ahsoka, Invincible, Doctor Who with Xander Hake. Star Trek Lower Decks with Xander Hockey and Travis Alexander, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, and Loki Season 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we cover, uh, Ben and I covered Willow. We did. I'm not over Willow. I'll never no. be over Willow. I'm I'm crushed. Um, you guys cover you guys joined me, Sparks and Ryan joined me for Secret for Strange New Worlds. It was really fun. I'm glad we got to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Um Star Trek Picard. I miss Cookie. Star Trek Picard was so much fun to cover. Um, do do do. Basement Arcade. Basement Arcade is very exciting because we did thirty-eight episodes of Basement Arcade, which is up from last year's ten. Yeah, man, we crushed it in the Spooktober season. Yes, of it's, those it's, 30... my, it's my favorite time of year. I love. I, I I love playing games with my homies. It's all. It's all I want to do. Of those, of those thirty-eight episodes, twenty-three of them were Spooktobers. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I mean, this is the first year where I feel like we entered with like ambitions for Spooktober and actually, actually met them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, last year, Spooktobers were only four of the basement arcades. Yep. Um, and this year, uh, so non Spooktober, you guys did, uh, you and Ryan uh, Sparks and Ryan did Steam Next Fest, a couple of uh, episodes of the Steam, Steam Next Fest things. All those games oh, are out was, now. That was fun. Yep. I'm glad we did. Um, you guys, uh, Grace and Norman, joined you guys for TMNT Shredder's Revenge. That was such we a good did. time. Great game. Um, Mortal Kombat X released its final episode this year. 
Yeah. Will we, we record begin... Mortal Kombat 1? Probably mm. not. We but we did release Mortal Kombat 11. We did. Uh, that was all released this year. Uh, there's one episode of Chaos City out. Can't wait for more. Yep. Um, we got we got some basement arcade stuff bank. We got some basement arcade stuff that that's planned. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that's great you, because that stuff is that that stuff is so nice to just kind of like I play with my homies and we just we got it and it's there it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Spider Man Two, Sparks and Ryan, you guys did a, the first hour Spider Man Two. Um, uh, episode that uh, that did very well for us. Uh, Ryan, you did Daredevil. The PlayStation did Daredevil that game. Cool. That's a fake. That's a fake game. That's not a real game anymore. I, that, that was so cool that people were like, "I found some files. Let's give it to everybody." I'm like, "Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you for the service." Yeah. Um, as far as the Spooktober's go, I'm just going to read them out. Uh, Dead Space, Dark Deception, Tall Poppy, Super Dark Deception, Alan Wake, Five Nights at Freddy's 2, Fortnite, Five Nights at Freddy's uh, Prop Hunt, Evil Dead the Game, Choo Choo Charles, The Last of Us, Phasmophobia, and Dead by Daylight. Oh, yeah. What a good time. Yeah. Uh, love getting back into Dead by Daylight. Uh, I, I, I did the um, the Xenomorph this year. That was fun. Chucky, Chucky is the newest killer, uh, and he is by far the coolest. I, I think the coolest killer they've ever added. He is straight up just like a one foot tall doll. Uh, I cannot wait to eventually play that guy. Murray, you guys, uh, I, I'm really glad we got to do Dead Space. Yeah, that was yeah. such a treat. Just damn, a damn good game, and like maybe the best like remake of all time. Honestly, uh, it's it's an exceptional piece. It was really fun to play. Moving on to Basement Arcade Pause Menu. Uh, Notable uh, milestone, Ben. Congratulations on fifty episodes. You made fifty episodes this year. Yeah. Um, well, no, you didn't make. That's... You didn't make fifty episodes this year. You've reached episode fifty. Oh, okay. Okay. Yay. That's almost more. Yeah, that's crazy. With a little help from his friends. With a yeah, with friends. With my friends. Um, you did twenty-four episodes this year, which was up from sixteen last year. Um. Yeah. Now Whoa. I did send you the list of all your of what you did. Uh, did you want to talk mm. about any of these people or these quarterlies or or things like that? I want to talk about two episodes um, I did with two people with people in general. Well, the first one was with uh, Ryan Payne from the Gamers uh, Gamers Week podcast. Um, he came on, and um, as you guys know, I love their show, and I, just to have him on to talk about video game history was really fun and really, you know, it was just fun to just talk about fun stuff that you know a his uh a a subject in a very niche um thing that we love it was just fun to talk about it with him but also the other one i want to talk about was with gabe durham who is the editor-in-chief of boss fight books that was a very insightful episode of how boss fight books you know they go through the thing and i'm i told him after the show but i'm also gonna tell you guys i'm planning to put a pitch into boss fight because there's a game i want to write about and that uh, it, it might tie into my Christmas w- wish th- this year. Who knows? Which you guys will know in maybe like, I don't know ten minutes. But if you ever seen boss fight books at say like your uh, like a gaming convention or a independently owned bookstore, and you want or you want to just like know about how do video game books like boss fight books get made in general, definitely check that episode out. It's very insightful, and also it's just a fun time to talk to to to, to talk video games with them. Um. Of these, you did two reviews, two video game reviews, God of War, Ragnarok, and The Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, God of War, Ragnarok was a topic on the Fiction Podcast at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. One of them should still come out before the end of the year. I was going to ask. I was like, I, I don't even know if that came out, but it did not. The answer is no. Which came out? Which didn't come out? Jedi. 
Oh, Jedi didn't hasn't come out yet. Um, PS uh, the showcase from the PlayStation showcase from May 20, uh, 2023 was also a fake nerd podcast uh, uh, topic that uh, was put on the basement arcade pause menu. Um, but I'm surprised, Ben, you didn't mention what is the most viewed video that we released this year. Now, not our most viewed video ever. That's still Black Adam. Um, thank you, thank you, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> but the most viewed video of the year was your episode with Orbology. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. That, okay. That was, so that was our most viewed of the year. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Let me, I want to talk about that for a hot second. Cause how that episode came to be is one of my favorite things to do. And also the most nerve wracking thing to do when I'm on uh like when I'm doing episodes for baseball guide possibly and getting guests on is I saw an episode of hers on YouTube. Like one of her videos just randomly popped up and I liked what she had to say. This was around the time um, or this was way after the, the, um, the Nintendo, th the 3DS eShop closure and everything. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot her. Okay. She has a Twitter. She has an Instagram. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot her a DM. See if she'll respond. See if she wants to talk about this more on her show. And she did. And it was fantastic to have her on just to talk, not just to talk about um, the collective for the 3DS, but also to talk about the system and handheld gaming in general. And when, when things line up like that, even when I message people or email them uh, because I find them via social media or they're a bigger personality on YouTube, it's like, I want to talk to this person about this subject and the video games that they obviously have a lot of knowledge in. It's a little nerve wracking because it's like, because you know, we're a small show and I'm a very, and we are, all of us are small creators, but it's just like, yeah, sure. I'll come on and let's, let's chat about this. This is a fun, this is going to be a fun time. And it really was a fun time. Um, all right. We'll move on to Fakner book club. Um, before we change the format of the, of the podcast, we did a total of 24 book clubs within the episode within Fakner podcast. Um, some of the notable ones, because 24, we did a lot. Um, some of the notable entries were killer be killed. Kaiju number eight, transformers, shattered glass, the variants, American born Chinese exterminators and secret invasion. Um, um, uh, anime fans out there. There's a new trailer for the Kaiju number eight adaptation out now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really love talking about Transformer Shattered Glass. I'm so upset that Shattered Glass uh, Part 2 is not on trade because uh, IDW lost the license for that. I really want to read it. Um, yeah. yeah, these Exterminators, by the way, uh, Ryan, the Exterminators end this year? Oh, did it end? Um, that's a good question. I don't know if it was late last year or, or, or early this year. I'm pretty year. sure it ended this year. It was only a five-issue miniseries. I'm pretty sure I looked this up because it's in my top 15 contentions. Yeah. It is in mine as well. Um, all right. So of so the 20 so that so then there's 20, there's more there. But then we launched the show. We launched the show. So we did 14 episodes of the Fictor Book Club uh, uh podcast, which is up from last year's one, um, which was just my interview with Ryan Parrott. Um, those were Star Trek Discovery, Aftermath of Travis Alexander, Ultimate Comics, The Ultimates, Volume 1, The Republic is Burning, which is Ryan's pick, uh, Shield, Volume 1, Architects of Forever, which is my pick, 20th Century Men, Sam Sparks' pick. You want to talk um, about a good comic, you guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Star Trek, The Mirror Universe Saga with Andy Palacides, uh, which was, that's a really good book. I really enjoyed doing that. Unbelievable Gwenpool, Volume 1, Believe It, which is Ben's pick. Uh, we finished Wasted Space, guys. Volume 
four and volume five, we did Wasted Space. Bittersweet, I gotta say. I I, mm-hmm. I, I missed that book already. Um, Taskmaster, the Rubicon Trigger, Ryan's pick. Marvel Zombies versus the Army of Darkness, my pick, unfortunately. Um, Halloween, Sparks's pick. Excellent book. Really enjoyed that one. Uh, did that come out this year? Yes. Ooh, maybe that's on my top 15 as well. Ooh. Um, Miles Morales, The Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 1 Revival, Ben's pick. Uh, and then we uh, started Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. We doubled those two up as one episode to begin the Scott Pilgrim discussion. And then finally, Dr. Doom. Speaking of It's a Wonderful Life, Dr. Doom Volume 1 Pottersville and Dr. Doom Volume 2 Bedford Falls. I was going to say, we've we've experienced multiple It's a Wonderful Life riffs uh, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Um, so that's the, and that was just kind of a taste of what the new Fichtner Book Club format is going to be going forward. So stay tuned for more next year. I know that we're, we've, uh, like slowed down because we're not doing the week to week, uh, rotations to be part of the regular podcast, but I find the quality of our conversations about the comics have improved. I agree. I'm personally very happy with them. Same. And I think like we are mixing in like when we're doing the rotational runs now. So things like wasted space and Scott Pilgrim, as you said, but like, I feel like the consistency of doing both of those things is now higher up than doing week to week on the, the 10 to 15 minutes. We would talk about a comic every week yeah, yeah. and then never returning to <laughs> the runs, which is yeah. what had been happening. So I I'm very pleased. I think with where book clubs at, I'm, I I'm enjoying having that uh, uh, freedom and, and still keeping us like, engaged with comics were any of these did you guys want to talk about any of these specifically that stood out to you i know ryan you really like 20th century men um, i think it's i think it's i think it is not just like the best comic of the year i think it is one of the best comics in the last like couple years um it's 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 so real it's able to be a cool sci-fi book but like challenge you in the ways that like a lot of media just simply doesn't uh and you know we do a lot of superhero shit like i mostly pick marvel books one because marvel's my main squeeze but also marvel unlimited makes it easy to pick literally any comic that's ever come out from marvel in the last 60 years so true uh but 20 century man is like it's like it's like the oppenheimer of comic books like it's real world uh uh, shit that's mixed with with really great sci-fi it's just like it is i I think about that book all the time like that is definitely in my top and i think it's i think it's become all the more interesting as this back half of our, like our global stuff going on has, yeah. has developed. It's really interesting to look back at that yeah. book in particular. Um, I'll only highlight that. I think it's been great that we've gotten feedback from uh, writers for the comics we've talked about has sure. been really cool. Yeah. I've really appreciated that. I think, and that, I think that has been a benefit of us moving the book club out of the, the main show. We are talking about it more. And so we're giving more love to it putting more attention on it and i and i think creators are responding to it yeah yeah the writer for 20th century men obviously marisi and uh halloween mm-hmm. all re- all kind of retweeted our episodes yeah yeah really love that um i'm, yeah. I'm really glad that uh, and the artist uh for 20th century men yeah also. he follows me and i'm sorry bro you're gonna unfollow me so you know like i just post dumb shit like <laughs> you, you, thank you for the support but like he's, <laughs> it's silly. i i i'm really i'm really glad that we're we're expanding the book club stuff that that makes me feel really good yeah um and yeah I'm, and there's been there's there have been some numbers on the archive releases and i'm just glad that those are going out there too because i i think that that's useful yeah uh, by the way these numbers don't reflect the archives um that was of just course. too much to do for me but no i mean like in the archives are I, i'm glad that i'm i'm going through and doing it um i it i had to slow down um rather than doing it every week uh but i i'm 
I'm glad that our stuff is going to be out there separately. Yeah. I um I really like doing the Star Trek ones. Hopefully I can pick them back up. I need a new co-host, unfortunately. Um, but the only one I really didn't like doing was Marvel Zombies versus the Army of Darkness. Obviously, I skipped 20th Century Men and Scott Pilgrim. Um, uh, but I will catch up on the next Scott Pilgrim, obviously. Yes. Um, but yeah, I uh, really enjoyed doing all these. These were a lot of fun. Then any book club thoughts? Um, I'm just glad that uh, my... <laughs> I don't know if this is... a. Uh, um self-serving or self not selfish but you know self-serving i'm just glad you guys like the unbelievable gwenpool because i picked that because i I just watched a video about it from comic straight from comic straight and i thought okay i'll give this book a shot because you know gwenpool's been around marvel's text for a while was joke and then became a character it's like and also i just love gooey heroes art it's just fantastic yeah 100 and importantly like i think that we do a good job just to talk about us for a moment, I think we do a good job of trying to be fair and trying to meet a thing on its level when even it's a comic we don't like. And we try to find the things that are valuable about it and why we're bouncing off of it. And sometimes it's just like we are reading at a different point in time of when it was written. And like those things just don't connect anymore yeah. um, or we're, we're not at the age or whatever. Um, and but I never I never want this is the thing. I don't want anyone to feel like anything they pick is ever necessarily just like a bad pick like it's valuable for us to read things that we are going in with no knowledge and you don't have to know that you're picking something that's going to be a hit. Yeah. Like it, we're trying to broaden our knowledge of comics and, and experience new things. And sometimes they don't, they don't resonate with us and that's okay. It's true. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately that was my case with 20th century men. It just didn't resonate with me, which is why I decided to, to skip that episode. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I pre- it also kind of gave us the opportunity to be like, well, if this doesn't work for me and I don't have anything that I want to say about it, then I don't have to be on that episode. Right. Um, which was helpful. Yeah. Well, moving on then to animation station, uh, which released, uh, actually hold on. Uh, maybe 11 episodes but i say 12 here i think i accidentally counted cyberpunk edge runners which was released at the end of last year sure um as as the one that was released this year uh but we did do cyberpunk edge runners that was at the end of last year that was released but uh this year we did a review on puss and boost the last wish uh the beginning of moon girl and devil dinosaur star wars visions volume one uh ben and i did all the digimon adventure tri films and digimon adventure last evolution kazuna that was a lot of fun, Ben. That was a lot of that fun. was so much fun. To, I also, I finally saw and sat down all the Digimon movies, and I'm like, finally, I did it. I've had these yeah. uh, DVDs and Blu-rays for years, and now I've finally seen them all. And guys, you guys, if you ever want to watch those Digimon movies, skip Try. Just watch Kazuna. It doesn't matter. Try doesn't matter. Um, which sucks, but that is what that is the case. Um, and then Sonic Prime. Uh, uh, ben and uh, Sparks did Sonic Prime. Yep, and we'll have another season of that, and we'll return to Moon Girl. All kinds of animation stations that are man in Puss the and Boots. ether. Uh, Puss and Boots unfortunately came out last year, but we did the review of it on the animation station this year. Great discussion I had with you, Sparks. It was awesome. That was fun. Uh, Star Wars Visions Volume One, Two. We never got to do Visions Volume Two, which is unfortunate. But uh, no, we got. We were we were aiming for it, and then the strikes happened, and then yeah. we got busy. Yeah, hopefully we get we can go back to it. I haven't yet watched it, but I, I assume I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. This year, uh, big milestone. We launched Fake Nerd Cinephiles, which were originally uh, we review we released them as review specials. Um, 
So this year, so last year we as review special we only did three thousand years of longing and nope as review specials. This year, this is where it gets a little tricky in my in my numbering because all most of our cinephiles were topics that were put out as separate episodes um and then we switched the format and then the then they just became episodes on their own so um so most of these are topics so i'm just gonna run through this stop me if you want to talk about a movie um because i'm sure we all remember talking about jung e at the beginning of the year i do i do yeah um Ben, Ben has the reaction that I expected from him. Yeah, that was their first review. Was Jungy? That was a good one. Um, we did the Scream franchise. Ben, all Ben, I don't think was on that episode. Was I on it? Why do I? Stop? No, you were. Oh, no, I'm thinking of something completely different. About you're right, you're right. Fire Glass, which Ben also was not part of, because I remember because I was pissed. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, we all, we talked about the Scream franchise. Every single Scream film. Um, all you know, six of them. I'm, I'm just gonna. I know what you're doing, Brandon, and I'm gonna yeah. interrupt it just because I'm gonna say. Um, it has been so great. I'm so happy that we got to do the Scream franchise, the Indiana Jones franchise, the Mission Impossible franchase uh-huh. all together. Uh, uh, like what a what a joy that was this year. Um, I'm grateful we were able to schedule it out. Um, it was Ben's first exposure to two of those franchises. What a fun time to have gone through. I'm so glad we committed to the effort. Uh, I I look back on those movie discussions very fondly. That was a lot of fun for me. Um, and uh, I lament that we didn't get to do Evil Dead in the mix with yeah. that uh, this year as we intended. But we will come back to it. Yeah, uh, Evil Dead is the one that I wish we could have done, but we didn't. We did all the Scream. We did a lot, which I'll go through. But yeah, the Scream franchise, uh, Ant Man, the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Um, we have a ghost. That was fun. I like that movie. Cocaine Bear, uh, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, John Wick, Chapter Four, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. I just rewatched that like two days ago because uh, I'm still like Baldur's Gate mood, and I'm like, hey, that's a damn good movie, y'all. Yeah. Um, the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, Renfield. We did do one Evil Dead movie. We did Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, we did, which is awesome. Sisu. Ah, I forgot we did Sisu. That's a good one. Oh, I forgot about Sisu. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Um, as Sparks already said, we did the Indiana Jones franchise. That's my. That was my scream. I'm very happy we got to do that one, guys. Thank you so much for doing that with me. I love those films. I'm so glad we got to discuss them all. Um. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, Fast X, which I was not a part of. Yeah, I wasn't part of that one. Um, also, I wasn't on Shazam Fury of the Gods. Um, Mission Impossible franchise, as Sparks already said. We did all the Mission Impossible films. That was so much fun. Man, those movies are good. Those are good movies. That was a great time. Uh, Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Transformers Rise of the Beasts, The Flash. Uh, um that's the last like official topic by the way the flash was the last one that we did as a topic now we're in just the episodes that were released um we did the marvels tmnt mutant mayhem that's uh, a good one i i love it no i just want to say i still think about going to the movie theater with ryan to go see mutant mayhem that was such a good time that was such a good movie Oh yeah, that's that's one hundred percent of my top fifteen. Not- notably, our cinephiles got slowed down too because of the strikes. So, like, yes. right when we changed the format, also the strikes happened. So we had to be like, "Oh, mm, all right, put it in yeah. the dock." That was. It's not the strikes' fault, but that was really rough for me, as I've mentioned before. I'll just talk about it a little bit at the end here. Um, I suffered really bad burnout. 
um, shortly after we changed our format. And uh, uh, that was really difficult for me, um, partially because of the strikes prevented what we could talk about. Um, just things just kind of fell to the wayside. But um, still, TMNT Mutant Mayhem, Haunted Mansion, um, a movie that I quite liked. By the way, The Marvels, great movie. Uh, people who don't like it are wrong. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's, speaking of. Then the last movie we did before we talked about uh, It's a Wonderful Life was, I think, the only movie that we gave all tens to this year, which was Godzilla Minus One. Yeah. Which is the only movie we gave all tens to, which I think is incredible. It keeps so, adding more more screens, more theaters. There's been 2,600 theaters now, and I'm like, damn, that's like a, that's, that's a whole well, costume. Hold on real quick. I, I just need to interject. Ben, would you have given it a 10? He did. Yeah. We read it out. I did. Oh, we read it out. Yeah, okay, cool. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah of, course I could, of course I gave it a 10. That well, was like, amazing. I know, I know Mutant Mayhem would have been all 10s, except Brandon didn't go 10 on Mutant Mayhem. I gave it a 9. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy also, I think we mostly just gave it 9s. Yeah. Um, I missed my favorite. one. It's a great movie. It's not my favorite Guardians movie. I missed one. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is an honest Oh, I list. intentionally it forgot be. it. Well, we said Indiana Jones franchise. That's it true. There. But it, it, should, it, it was. Yeah, okay, you're right. And I didn't say Mission Impossible 7. So yeah, because of that, Scream said, yeah, you got me. Um, yeah, so that was, those are all the movies we reviewed this year. Um, a lot of them are really great. I really liked doing that. Like Cocaine Bear and We Have a, we have a Ghost were just fun, good times that I really enjoyed doing. Um, talked about the Indiana Jones franchise. And Godzilla Minus One being the one that we had the all tens for. The, coming in at the end of the year, incredible, incredible. And obvi- obviously, like when this releases, there's probably other cinephiles out because there will have been Aquaman 2. We have plans yeah. for a couple of others. So, Mommy! You know. It is um, I'm going to then go to Conversation. I'm going to skip a page real quick. Then I'm going to go to Conversation and just kind of wax poetically a little bit. Um, so far, only 10 episodes of season two have been released. Um, that's up from the zero from last year. Um, but uh, of the, there's three episodes left that I have to release. I'm really sorry that they aren't out yet. I'd like to believe that by the time this episode airs, they are. I know myself, they're not. Um, but they, but I hope to have them out soon. Um, again, burnout is real, guys. It, it's tough. It, it really affects a lot of shit. Um, yeah. But just thank you to my 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 guests, uh, Karis Lund from the Journey into Fandom podcast, Kyle Iandre from the Dragon Ball Super Dope podcast, Sean Farrick from Trek Culture, Cookie from Just a Little Podcast. Congratulations on your child again. I've said it all year, um, but you seem very happy. Ken Knapsock from Force Center once again. Rachel Strange from the Narrative Labyrinth. Rachel, I'm there whenever you want me back. Uh, the whole cast of Dan Dark, uh, which was really fun to do. Uh, Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast, Mark Reed from the Creative Psychopaths podcast, Al Larson from the movies that made from the movies that move us. I will respond to you again. I know you want me on your show. I'll respond to you. Um, coming up, Kit Marie Rackley, Ryan Eliopoulos, uh, my co-host here, and um, Nathan Marchand are the last three episodes to be released. So there you go. There's your exclusive. Ooh, hot scoops. All right. Fun fact about this year, this is the first year in a long time that we've released at least one episode of every single one of our shows, because we also released two episodes of Miscellaneous, one episode of The Real Score, and two specials. Mm-hmm. Um, Miscellaneous had two episodes, the two episodes of Miscellaneous were uh, just two things that, uh, you know, 
I wish I could blame Burnout for that one, but that was just the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny like really upsetting me. Um, so I did not get to finish uh, the um, top men files that we call it, which is... Um, well, it's also... We also put it on hold because of the strikes. Yeah, but like that was an excuse. Like it was mostly because Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny like hurt me. Sure. Um, well, that's that's um that's a bummer, man. Like, cause like I, I like Indiana Jones, but like not as much as you guys. It's like there's a lot of franchises to care about. Yeah. Uh, th- this one looked like it was going to be a, a banger, and yeah. it wasn't. And that's that really that really sucks. <laughs> I like it was it it it's still like I I will Stockholm myself into liking this movie. It's yeah, on yeah, Disney yeah. Plus now, and I'm going to do it. But like right yeah. now, like I'm not. It's, I'm not there. It's still too fresh. Um, but yeah, so Mythalanius had those two episodes. I, I will come back to it next year. I, I, I intend to write those last three episodes and uh, wait. Crusade. Yeah, the last three episodes and talk about those. Uh, the real score, we had released, we had uh, recorded other episodes, but they haven't been released yet. So the only one released right now is The Batman, uh, which was our inaugural episode, that, which is a great show. I'm really happy we were able to release The Real Score, which is our new show, um, our freshman show. And that was. Uh, really cool. Sparks, you want to say anything about the real score? Sure. Um, I love it. I'm really happy about it. Um, it, especially the first few episodes due to audio recording differences, because Brandon and I are pretty familiar with our audio stuff and in sync because we do this all the time, but Jeremy was not. So um, there was so much audio disparity that there was a lot of work I had to do in post, uh, which slowed down the first three episodes. So, um, and then the strikes happened. So it ultimately turned into, I'm just gonna push all this back. We'll just go hard next year and like we'll be ahead of the game. Um, because at that point, and like it, it, we were doing so much in the back half of this year to keep up with the strike stuff and, and all that other stuff that we had to wrap up on, on the other shows. And I was like, let's just kick that one back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just it's the way circumstances needed it to be. But I love um, it. Yeah, I do too. Um, we've talked about a new format going forward, which will be the next one we record. Probably next year we'll record that one. So yeah, well, we, I don't expect us to record until next year. Yeah. Uh, the two specials that we released were a phase four ranking with Mike Matola. Oh, yeah, um, I miss that man. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Um, we tried to get him on a few times this year, um, uh, but we uh, just couldn't make it work with schedules. But hopefully next mm-hmm. year we have him back on. Uh, but yeah, we ranked all of phase four with him um he had some great uh great takes as always and then our annual our our kind of year anniversary uh we did a D podcast with uh pies drawn as our dungeon master that was fun oh yeah oh yeah um and our most viewed videos of the year our most viewed episodes of the year um were the art ben's 3ds uh, talk with orbology at number one strange new worlds episode 10 big nerds watch was number two our the Batman episode of the real score was number three and the Ark of the Covenant episode of Mithlanius was number four. Um, nice. But still none of them reached Black Adam, the Matrix or Avatar, the way of water. Yeah. Or Wakanda uh, forever, right? Or Wakanda forever. Yes. Those are our big yeah. ones. Yeah. Uh, which is wild. Um, but Nothing's yeah, going to be Black Adam ever. <laughs> no, 16, 16K. I don't know why. Listen, the world was ready for a higher power of hierarchy, and they just they needed to know how bad is this movie. And, it's, and as Ben said, Ben said it right at the beginning. It's mid. That's why people love it. They get in immediately. Ben's like, it's mid, and they're like, solid, cool. <laughs> All of our episodes <laughs> are second reviews. <laughs> That's what we're hearing. Um, 
In total, last year, we released 128 episodes. This year, we released 228 episodes. We're, 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 we're over 800 videos on our channel. And like we started as an only an audio podcast. So like that's that's mostly because of your editing too. Like we we put out so much shit. So much shit. It's crazy. Yeah. In all formats. Like we, we released a lot of these have audio feeds to them mm -hmm. as well. i obviously I didn't double that uh, double that number because they're the same episode. Yeah, yeah. Um it doesn't include the archive stuff that Sparks was putting out. Um the Fictors Watch uh, audio feed was releasing. Uh, previous season episodes to like Strange New Worlds or Loki, things like that. Um, didn't count those, obviously, because those were from prior years. But yeah, it was an insane year for us. Um, look, I already said I suffered a lot of... I, I suffered a, a a burnout I had never felt before. I, I've, I, I frequently feel burnout just in just my everyday life, but this was different. This was This put me at zero. I was at zero and I'd never been there before. And it was a real struggle. Um, I'm not fully recovered. I'm a recovering burnout addict. Um, <laughs> I'm a recovering burning out person, I guess. Uh, but it, it was really fun to kind of go back through our accomplishments as it was last year to just kind of see like, look at all the cool stuff we did. Look at all these discussions we had, these fun discussions we had, uh, these, these great movies we talked about, these great shows we talked about. Sparks, I'm so glad we got to talk about Doctor Who. We have one more episode left to record. Two more episodes, technically. Um, yeah. That was so, so great to do. Uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, so much fun. Invincible, so much fun. These games are... Chaos City died this year. Yeah. And I got to play it with my friends one last time and record them. And you guys are going to be able to see those episodes. That's really great. Uh, ben put out almost almost ten more episodes as far as Basement Arcade goes. You guys did three quarterlies, by the way. Uh, three quarterlies in twenty twenty three. Four, if you count your twenty twenty two Q four quarterly. So, right. yeah, our, our Q four usually spills over into the next year just a little bit yeah. as far as like release and recording, and yeah. I'm sure it'll be true this year as well. Yeah. Um. So book club, lots of book club stuff. I was so grateful that Ben did uh, Digimon Adventure Try. Um, I could not join you guys for the first Moon Girl episode, but you're damn sure I will be there for the next one. Um, hell yeah, baby. Um, yeah, man. Lots of cool, lots of fun things. Lots of fun discussions, guys. Um, if you missed any one of these, go through our channel. Check them out. Find oh, the there. ones you missed. There's so much. There are a lot of fun to talk about. There's a lot of great movies, a lot of great shows, a lot of great video games that we talked about. A lot of great discussions that are all there. So easy for you guys to find. Please check them out. That's our year interview. What do you guys? Click away. Uh, anyone else have any thoughts about the podcast stuff that Brandon just took us through? No, I didn't realize we put like almost a hundred more episodes out of this year than last year. That's bananas. Yeah. Yeah. That is absolutely nuts. I didn't cool. think I. I thought I felt. Honestly, looking back, I was like, "Man, I didn't do as much based on my case I thought I did." And then Brand's like, "Hey, you're up episodes." I'm like, "I am." That is right, you, but okay. You have stuff banked still, or are you done? Uh, I don't have any uh, pause menus banked. I have um, a guest who's ready to record. It's just that when the day we decided to record, stuff came up, mm -hmm, and sure. we're probably going to start recording next year. So I just need to start reaching out more. I'm waiting until after the new year to start reaching out more to ask people if they want to be on pause menu. Sure. Bye. Um, don't, who knows what the next year will be. Um, we might not have, we might not put out as many episodes. We might put out less. We might put out more. Who knows what that's going to be. I'm not going to speculate here. I'm not even going to say stay tuned for something that we're really excited about because who the hell knows if it's going to happen. 
I will say that next year we're going to be dealing with another change in the in the form of uh I'm just gonna say it, Sparks. You are going to be taking a step back, not leaving, but you will be taking a, a step back from the podcast. Um and we're going to miss you. I love you. I love talking to you about these sort of things. And uh, I'm deeply sad, but happy uh, for this change in your life. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring it up at this point in the podcast, but um, I was going to talk about it in the special. So I'm going to be a dad. Um, yeah. <laughs> <Brandon> spoiled <laughs> just last week on the podcast. Um, but I, Why do you I, tell me anything? I, I am going to be a father, um, and that changes life. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm uh, taking a step back. There are certain things that I know I'm going to stay involved in. Um, uh, any like big uh, uh, annual event kind of thing. So like when you guys get back to the anniversary, like you know I'm going to be there. Um, uh, Real Score is a passion project that that's new, and I don't want it to die. And it's uh, designed to be once a month. Um, so that, that's what I'm going to be consistent on anything past that is kind of like, we'll see. Um, uh, I have certain things that we've, we're in the middle of, or we're cooking right now that like, I'm, I'm intending to see to the end, regardless of like how long it takes to get to the end of them. Um, and those things I'll be around for. And anything beyond that is like, you're definitely not going to see me on the weeklies for a while. Um, babies uh uh for the main podcast you will maybe see me on some fake nerd watches you'll definitely see me on a cinephile when like i really need to be there for one um but everything else is like you know it's in the gravy we'll see what happens uh fake nerd book club is maybe the one that's going to be the hardest for me to to leave if i'm being honest um to take a step back from because i don't want to hold up the rotations uh so i want you guys to keep going but i can't guarantee that i can always make it into the rotation so i gotta take a step back from that and that makes me sad because i love having a reason to keep up on the comics so um expect that i'm gonna try <laughs> to read what you guys pick and uh at least be aware you got a baby one it. hand and the like, ipad and the other you know it's it's manageable for up for like a few months yeah uh and then at a certain point it'll stop being that yeah um so uh yeah life changes life shifts but uh i'll always be around and i'm going to be behind the scenes still helping you guys coordinate things i'll still be uh occasionally adding some things so i'm going to be kind of prepping ryan to take over some of the duties for me duties yeah um yeah i'm i'm Sparks, I've known Sam. Fuck it. I've, I've known you for a really long time. And you're my best friend. And uh, I'm very happy that this I don't think I've I don't think I've actually told you in person, mainly because I hate spilling my emotions. Um, but like I so happy that you're finally getting your dream, your lifelong dream of having a family, having a kid. You've talked about very little else since we were kids um, that's not true we've talked about we have literally hours of talking about other I'm just saying yeah. that this is something that's been very important to you true and not something that i can relate to because it's not something that i want but it's something right. that you've wanted and you're getting it and i'm very happy for you but selfishly i'm gonna miss you because sure. I love doing the show with all of you guys, and I love doing the show with you. There's a speech that I often think about in Star Trek Nemesis in the beginning, which is a, a joke that none of you are going to get, even though we've all watched the damn movie together. 
um, which is at the beginning of the episode, at the beginning of the movie, Picard is giving a speech to Riker, his number one, and he's saying like, "Have you guys thought about what you're going to do to me?" Because Riker's leaving, he's leaving, he's getting married, and he's leaving on the Titan. He's going to be the captain of the Titan. He's leaving the Enterprise, and like that's how I feel. I feel like I'm Picard losing my Riker. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah. And that's the joke. It's like because he's happy that his his two best friends are getting married, but yeah. like it's the, but like now I got to train a new number one and data. That's the that's more of the joke, and it's more of the fucking movie. Um, but like it's, I'm happy for you. I'm gonna miss you. That's what this episode has become. It's me telling you how much I love you. I I love you too. Um, uh, obviously, like it's a lot of uh, hours both doing these recordings and doing the editing for it. And I do it because I love it. Um, and I love doing this with you guys and being part of these conversations. And like uh, the audiences might not um, hear from me about all these things as often, but I will always be in conversation with you guys. Like I'm not going anywhere for you guys. We're, we're still friends. We're still connected. Uh, and you're still going to be hearing from me in the text threads and everything. And I think that that's uh, like, the, uh, like when you have the baby, like the switch isn't going to feel like I hate nerd shit now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you guys are still you guys are still core of for me of where I'm going to want to talk about these things. Um, and when I can be involved, I'm going to want to be involved, even if it's not me being directly on the show. Um, so you you three aren't going to have me gone in as much a capacity as as the audience is. Um, and that's that's important to me. I'll just uh, do um what they do on the It's Always Sunny podcast is they have a giant inflatable doll of 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 Glenn Howerton when he's not on, he just sits there. Well, and to be fair, like, you know, we have a really nice advantage that every once in a while, what it'll be is that, you know, Ryan will probably be here and he'll be doing a thing and, and it'll be like, uh, I'll have 20 minutes and I'll come in and I'll be like, hello, <laughs> I also have thoughts and then I will leave. You're like a special <laughs> guest in a TV show, like yeah. the door opens, <laughs> woo, like Kramer. Um, uh, but uh, it, it's, it's weird, but like, this is, this is one of my favorite things to do. So I'm not, I'm not going to be gone completely um i encourage you guys to chase the things that you want to talk about and and are passionate about in my absence um you know find find the things that that gravitate to you and go for them um and you you guys with my support we can always work out whatever we're going to schedule so yeah um we've we got a lot more to do for the episode well not a lot more to do for the episode but a little bit more i'll just yeah. say in the coming months and in the coming year, we've got things we want to do. We've got movies and games and shows we want to talk about. Who knows how much of that will happen? Who knows? Maybe all of it. Maybe none of it. Certainly some of it. Uh, so stay tuned for a lot of cool things in the new year. There's one well, project. I certainly, hope, I certainly hope not none of it. Yeah. yeah. There's specifically something that I really want to do. Who knows if it will happen? It's a big undertaking. And I'll tell you guys about it off air. Um, sure. But that'll be my tease that maybe something really big will happen next year. Maybe I can get you guys to play more video games, but I'm not holding my breath. There's always Grayson. Sure, but like you guys are my friends that I want to do stuff with. Yeah. That's how I feel about like doing the cinephiles without you guys. Like you guys are the you guys. I like doing this with you guys. Yeah. yeah. One thing I will say about next year, because we are losing sparks and because there's more things we want to do, we're probably going to reach out to our uh, to some, our friends and uh, outside of the podcast to come on and do and help us do things um, that we that things would 
normally kind of get in the way or, or not be able to do. So maybe we'll see, you'll see more like special guests uh, in the coming year. So we're entering like the office era when Michael Scott leaves and we're just like, Oh, Donna Noble's here now. And I'm Idris. I called her Donna Noble. It's not, that's not her <laughs> name. <laughs> Catherine Tate and Idris Elba will show up. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. We got more to do uh, for the, for the rest of the special uh, sparks. I'll hand it back to you. Pulling, pulling the lens uh, away from all that. Um, biggest surprises of the year. You guys got any? Yeah, I got a few. I know I just talked a lot, but hey, why not? I because I've got some. Hold on, let me get the page back. I, I'll I'll knock mine out first, just real quick. Um, and it's the combined efforts of Barbenheimer, uh, Barbie mm. and Oppenheimer. Mm. Both movies, I like. I love Christopher Nolan, and like I like Greta Gerwig, but like I was excited to see those movies, but like I wasn't expecting both of them to be like incredible pieces of art, especially Barbie. Uh, like Barbie is like really is a surprising movie. Like the movie's not what you think it is if you're just looking at it from the surface. And then Oppenheimer, I think, is Nolan's best movie, and I think it's now my favorite Nolan movie, which used to be Interstellar. Uh, uh, I think he's like he's had ups and downs, but like Oppenheimer is like his magnum opus. I think uh, it is like an astounding piece of media. Uh, sure. I still think it's not a horror movie. It still has the most horrifying sequence in a movie this year, and it's when he's talking to all those people and the yeah, stomping is yeah. happening. Mm -hmm. Like I think about that all the time. So like. I didn't know you had it in you, Chris. You did it. And like, and Barbie, you rule. So like, it's Barbenheimer. Um, Oppenheimer is a film I've thought about nonstop since watching it. Um, and I pretty stubborn and still think my favorite Nolan is the prestige. It's, a, um, it's great. But like, I think you might be right. I think it actually might be Oppenheimer. Yeah. yeah. I think in just terms of like movie making, I think he's just firing on every single cylinder, like whether it's acting or cool special effects that a lot of it are practical, like so much, so much great stuff. Yeah. It's haunting. It's a haunting movie. And it's um, real, which makes it doubly like, like feel like, Oh my God, this is like all real shit. Like we got the records of these people saying this shit. Um, as far as movies go, I got two I want to I want to mention, which are Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves and The Haunting in Venice. I thought both of those films were very surprising. Um, I did not think they would be as good as they are. Um, Haunting as Venice especially took me by surprise because of how bad Death on the Nile was. Sure. Um, so coming into that film and being like, wow, I think you just made the best Poirot film. Um, yeah. Holy I'll, shit. I'll, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I wasn't on that review, but I quite like that movie. Um, and like, I... I don't like the like I didn't see Death on uh, Death on Nile just because I heard it was bad and I, again I'm trying to avoid bad movies in in, in my life. Uh, but I don't particularly care for the first one either. It's not it's not bad. It's just like I don't want to watch middling movies either. So like the fact that he failed twice and will still give it another chance. Thank God this one was good because if this one was bad, I'd be like, please stop letting white men fail upwards, please. Thank God that movie is good and it's like actually spooky. Like just man, where was this? Where was this, Kenneth? Where was it? I he, love it. He did um what was the movie he did in between Death on the Nile and Haunting of Venice? It was that black and white film with Judy Dench. Uh, this kind of like oh, really I mean, personal, yeah. kind of like critically yeah. well-received, like Oscar bait movie that people love, which he took the, the money to do a Haunting in Venice. Because like one that's his passion project. Yeah, one for them, one for us, absolutely. Which is really funny. Um but uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, oh, go ahead. It's really funny that Poirot is Kenneth Branagh's Riddick. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Lord. Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh my God! Do you think we're finally getting that that fourth Riddick film this year? I'll never believe it till there's a trailer. Yeah, yeah. with Vin, he can talk all he wants. He says that we're getting a last Witch Hunter sequel, and that's like one of the worst movies ever made. So he like, says he says that there are two two more Fast films, and like we've never heard of further clarification. Or we now. still don't know if that's an actual trilogy or not. He just said some shit. We still don't there, know when they're filming. <laughs> yeah, supposedly there's two more Fast films plus a Hobbs spinoff movie. Yeah. 
So whatever. Um, uh, then I'll, I'll say Shin Japan Heroes, which I mentioned up top, um, was a p- big surprise. Like, holy shit. Like, um, I never thought I'd see a mech like that again. I would already mentioned it before. Um, my final surprise was Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yeah. Which is a show that looked like a fun kids show on Cartoon Network. Looks like it had a lot of energy to it. I like the animation. I was like, this looks really good. I'm excited for it. But when I tell you that it is probably one of, if not the best animated shows that was released this year. Uh, I don't think if you hadn't seen the show, you'd believe me. Right. Uh, because that show is truly incredible. There's an energy to it. Unlike any other show, it is uh, wickedly funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the music in it is incredible. There's a musical number every episode. Yeah. Um, the cast is great. The, um, the, all the new villains that were that, that are in the show are great. One of my favorite interpretations of the Beyonder. Um, yeah. Just, it's an incredible show. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. You guys already did the um, one of the animation stations for it, um, but it's such a surprising, this like knocked it out of the park uh, TV show that was just on not 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 on, on my radar, and I'm so yeah. glad I, I watched it. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those shows that like I'm like, oh, Marvel animation, this is what you're capable of. Like, what do we like? Come on, like, can we get more of this? Like, beautiful originality. Uh, uh, it's it's an inc- it's an incredible piece of entertainment, whether you like Marvel or not. But it helps that like it's got that extra nerd factor. And like you said with the Beyonder, like it has such interesting rep- like re representations of characters from the comics, like uh, new adaptation styles uh, that like are just really singular and like really cool. It's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sparks or, or Ben? Moon Girls in in my biggest surprises. Um, I'll say that. Uh, ben, you go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna talk about uh, Dungeons and Dragons again. <laughs> sure. Um, not yeah, not just the like the, the fact that we knew that they were making a D and D movie. Everyone was like, "Oh no!" Like walking on eggshells. It's like this is probably because the last D and D movie we got was bad, like really bad. And the fact that it was this good and this funny and this heartfelt, like, and it still incorporated a lot of D and D stuff. I felt like Honor Among Thieves, like. Critical Role obviously was like nudging people to get into role playing games like t- uh, tabletop RPGs, and it was helping Dungeons and Dragons along. And then the movie comes out, and the movie is good, like really good. And now um, a lot more people are interested in Dungeons and Dragons. Now they're actually Dungeons and Dragons is getting more and more into the mainstream. And I'm like, this is this is good. This is great. I, it's not just that. I think about the scene when the knight just walks off. And then just steps on the boulder, steps over the boulder all the time. Yeah. Again, because I literally just rewatched it. Uh, That movie holds up so well. It came up this year, so it doesn't need to hold up. But like rewatching it, like it is infinitely like rewatchable because like every every actor is really fun. Like it's the guys who made Game Night, which is arguably the best studio comedy of like the last decade. Like that movie is like infallible in my opinion. Like this movie is just as good. Like there's not a lot of faults to it. And having just played like over 100 hours of Baldur's Gate 3, there is... There is more D and D. Like it's a weird thing to say, but like there is more D and D in that entire movie than you even think about. The stuff in the background, little things like just little pieces of like art, uh, like spells. There's there's a critical role of, like fresh cut grass joke. Like it is a real nerd movie, also a great comedy action movie. Like it should mm-hmm. not be this good. Uh, and like unfortunately, it didn't do like super well at the box office. But like Chris Pine was just saying, like yo, like there could there could be another one. Who knows, maybe. Like, I, yeah. I'm, I, I really, really hope so. 
Uh, me too. But all, even another scene that kind of lives in my head is like when they're in the the cave about to go to Thempertron's lair, and then the intellect of hours come by and they don't even bother them. It's in yeah. like, well, that's hurtful. It's like one of those things where they roll too high, and the DM is because there are so many parts of the movie where. Like one of the hopes was that there would be a lot of fourth wall breaking. Like it is actually a bunch of people at a table playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Unfortunately, it's not that. But even though we thought that was going to be a detriment to the movie, but it has that energy. Not. It has that it the energy of people playing Dungeons and Dragons. Or even like the, in the same in the next sequence, is like okay, there's this is a really elaborate trap, and someone just rolls the nat one and touches the lever, and the bridge collapses. Yeah, and they're just like, <sighs> it's just like. I can't tell you, as someone who plays D Dungeons and Dragons with the D and Dark cast, how many times we rolled and either myself or anyone in the cast or our dungeon master just takes this deep. <sighs> well, just in the last <laughs> episode of just in the last episode of D and Dark, didn't you have like a moment where everyone's like rolling perception because Dan wants to give you a specific form of information and nobody rolls high enough and he just goes, "Well, I'll just have to figure out how to give you that information another way." Yep. Yeah, uh, uh, in Baldur's Gate, like that happens, like just throw like you'll walk past something and I'll go, uh, it'll go like perception fail, perception fail, perception fail. I'm like, I'm just never going to know what's here, I guess. That sucks. Uh, and it's <laughs> yeah. a really fun experience. Like, again, like that dice roll determining what you're going to do is is like the best thing about D&D. &D. Like perfect roll. Uh, yeah. And you mentioned, I don't know, if, uh, Ryan, you were going to talk about because uh, once again, I have yet to play the game, unfortunately, but Baldur's Gate 3, how that blew up and yeah, how... The, the it swept the game awards and the golden joysticks and almost every game of the year award that I know of how yeah. that, because everyone thought like come May it's like, Oh yeah, cheers to kingdom. It's good. It's locked. And then here comes Baldur's gate three. And everyone's like, yo, Baldur's gate three though. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to spend so much time talking about Baldur's gate three in our top 15 early next year. But, um, so I, I didn't put on my list because technically like, uh, it's been an early access for three years. So a lot of people have been playing the game for a while, but like it was, I had, it had like, literally 66% of the content missing and like they were slowly updating it and like there's a lot of bugs so like a lot of people knew about Baldur's Gate for the last couple of years but like when it came out in August people who tried it were like oh damn this is good and then it's a hundred hours of every quest being meaningful and 250 actors giving stellar performances you know they all the Baldur's Gate people have won all of the like voice acting nominations uh sorry Spider-Man 2 fans uh it's just like it's, it's an incredible incredible feat and the one-two punch of D&D the movie and Baldur's Gate is just influencing so many people to give tabletop a try. And it's like, it's really awesome. It's like really cool to see. Can I say you know? something about Spider-Man Two, the video game real quickly, but people upset that I didn't win the game, the game awards. Yeah. I played that game. I liked that game. I play two games a year. If yeah. that I knew it wasn't winning and Baldur's Gate three was winning. Like, what are we doing? Who who in their right mind ever thought that was going to win against Baldur's Gate 3? As someone who yeah. has not played Baldur's Gate 3. People who only play a certain type of game and don't pay attention That's to That's me. Well, no, Ben, uh, Brandon, but you have like you have like common sense and you're not you're not one of those people who like dot like you you see what like, let's say you only see one movie of the year. You're not going because it's the only movie I saw. It is the best movie, which is what a lot mm -hmm. of people think. And like I'm not like like Yuri Lowenthal gives a great performance, but like literally there's like a hundred people in Baldur's Gate three who give just as good a performance. Like side characters are just as important. So like, and that's just a thing of like y'all just need to like expand your horizons. You know, he's gets a great performance, but like yeah, Baldur's Gate three like it's sold incredibly well. It is a hardcore like truly like like the most hardcore 
hardcore old school game ever made. It is point and click as hell. There's so many menus. Like playing on a controller is a little wonky at times because you have literally, I'm not exaggerating, over 500 spells at your disposal. Every spell that's ever been D&D is in the game to try out. It is almost a nightmare uh, the first couple hours trying to wrap your head around how much you can do. Uh, uh, but I'll get into that later. Yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 is a big surprise for a lot of people uh, who weren't inside, you know, the PC mm-hmm. gaming uh, experience. Uh, just, I think Spider-Man 2 in particular suffers from people going into the year like, Spider-Man 2 is going to be the best game of the year. And like, Spider-Man 2 is going to be the best game of the year. Spider-Man 2, best game of the year. Like, they just commit themselves to that track so nothing yeah. can deviate them from it. Yeah. Uh, ben, did you have any other big surprises of the year? Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, I knew yeah no, that's a good point. I, lo- yeah. I love that movie. You're right. That's on. I mind. knew we all knew Mutant Mayhem was going to be good. I wasn't expecting it to be that good. Sure. So to, I love to, to me, like to me, Mutant Mayhem, and I, I am a, a Ninja Turtles fan. I will say, like, I like the Ninja Turtles. I wouldn't say I love the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, but. Going coming out of Mute Mayhem, it's like I if I can only consume any other turtles media, I want it to be like that. Yeah. I want to be this is the type of movie that makes you a fan. This is the type of movie that makes Mm -hmm. you a fan of that property. Like it does so many good things. And again, having them be teenagers, actual teenagers for the first time in like ever is really (laughs) important, I think, to that movie too. Yeah. I mean once again, don't get me wrong. When we got news that, that we were getting Shredder's Revenge, it's like, oh, it's, it's going back to the old classic beat-em-up style like of Turtles in Time in the original arcade game. A+. plus, Fantastic game. Really fun to play. Has a lot of really cool Turtle stuff in it, and it brings back the original voice actors. Yay. But you look at Mutant Mayhem, it's like, this like, the whole movie's a vibe. The soundtrack is great. The acting is fantastic. The character, the actors are just having an absolute blast. Animation. You, the animation is just whoa um everything about that just below i mean don't get me wrong um into the spider-verse fantastic still top 10 i would still rate into spider-verse above mute mayhem but i would still put me mayhem up there with spider-verse because of how great the movie was it's like i love this movie and i I, i'm actually kind of upset that i haven't seen it again i know it's on uh, streaming services that i have access to i want to watch it again it's just that damn good yeah yeah um for me and i'll be i want to be quick with this because just take it like the band-aid i'm ripping off y'all because it's a negative surprise um uh it's secret invasion yeah Um, no yeah yeah. uh, uh, the surprise the surprise is how truly utterly awful it was the worst Um, thing the mcu's ever made uh one of one of the things yeah. that should have had had should have had like a lot of factors going for it and it it landed like the wettest fart um I think pop culture has seen in a long time. Yeah. I'm not saying Secret Invasion is the reason why I got so burnt out. I'm not not saying it though. Yeah. It, it definitely <laughs> helps. Definitely. The thing is like the thing is like the Marvels is a is a good movie and I really like it. And it's really hard for me to to look at Secret Invasion and the MCU fans who are like keeping up with it and sit through that and go, I don't know, do I need to go see the Marvels? And I'm like Hard for me to tell you you should. Yeah. Uh I, I think they really hurt themselves by like committing to putting that one to, to screen. That was a mistake. Word. Um yeah. uh and the other one that, that hasn't been mentioned that I'll say is um the absolute annihilative success of Godzilla minus one. Yeah. Yeah, baby. 
Just um, I knew it, I was hoping it would be a success, but the success that it has become is, is beyond my wildest dreams. Uh, Godzilla, Godzilla is a phenomenon, making non-Godzilla people suddenly Godzilla people, and I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, and in tandem with that, Monarch, like both yeah. things are huge surprises. Yep, I almost put Monarch on my surprises, but there were things that surprised me more, and I wanted to keep it low. Um, sure, but yeah, Monarch would have been oh, was almost on that one. Yeah, both both of those, both of the turn of events of those have blown me away. Um, so those are in my big surprises. Hell yeah. Um, All right. Uh, moving on to another section. This is the time, friends, because when we do our top 15, we are only allowed to talk about the top 15 things that came out within this year. So was there anything you engaged with this year that didn't come out this year, but you feel is of note for you? Oh, yes. I'll start because I watched a show that people have been recommending to me for years because uh, it's like one of the closest like Twin Peaks analogs. And it's a show called Dark on Netflix. It's a German. It is yeah. is the first uh, like uh, uh, German show that was on Netflix because uh, a lot of a lot of different countries are now like incorporated into Netflix and have like their own like movies that come out there that get put onto Netflix and stuff. Uh, Dark is a murder mystery uh, about uh, uh, kids who are who are found dead, but some of them are from the past. Um, including like one of the main characters' brother who went missing 33 years ago. And it is about cycles. It's about loops. It's like about people time traveling 33 years into the future, 33 years in the past. Like that's like the, like it's always about 33 years. And the way that they're able to incorporate multiple timelines, it is one of the most complex shows I've ever watched. Like time travel movies can get a little wonky. This is three like, like hour long episode seasons of the most insane time travel shit ever. People going back in time, becoming like their own fathers and own grandmothers, like really weird, incredibly strange shit. They go to the future where the apocalypse has happened. So they have to go back in time to prevent the apocalypse. And it's about like, do you do you cause something to happen because you went back in time or is it something that's that's always supposed to happen like that kind of cool loop shit that is the central foundation of like that and breaking the loop and how like the main bad guy is like i've been part of this loop for millions of years uh it's actually there's actually a, a, a it's called legion lost there's a legion of superheroes book that does the same premise basically but um it's about like him trying to break this cycle and how you, by trying to break the cycle, you create the knot that is actually part of the loop. And it is so well acted and it's so dramatic and it is so weird. Uh, it's just, it is a phenomenal, it is one of my favorite shows I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and I cannot believe it took me this long. It came out in 2017 and then 2020. Uh, but I finally watched it and then a bunch of my friends were like, yeah, isn't that show great? I'm like, yeah, you're right. Um, so if you like crazy murder mysteries, time travel, Twin Peaks stuff, like it is, and it is so good and do not watch do not watch the because it's one it's very much like some actors don't fit that the some of the voice mm. acting doesn't fit the model mm, and, and i just sure. and i i just want to see what it sounded like i was originally going to watch it and i watched it all in german but man the german language is like so harsh and like it just makes the drama so much more real when people are like really sad and dramatic you know i watched uh, the ip man films a few a few years ago at this point um i went through all the ip man films and i remember I put on Ip Man three, and it was dubbed for some reason. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask for it to be dubbed. I wasn't. Yeah. It was dubbed. And I was like, well, this could be okay if it's Donnie Yen actually dubbing his own voice, but it wasn't. And I'm like, absolutely not. I know what this man sounds like, and I cannot deal with this. Yeah, yeah. Like for for animated stuff, I'm um I'm more forgiving of that. But like when it's live action, like I try to keep with the with the the, the subtitles. Especially, but man, like especially because like 
if you're familiar with like an actor like Donnie Yen, I know what that man's voice sounds like. So if I yeah. see that face and that's not the voice coming out of it, it's weird. It doesn't work. Yeah, it could definitely be jarring. Yeah. So I'm going to say dark. Uh, and then I have one more, but I'll, I'll let you guys go through rotation. Yeah. Uh, Sparks, since you're on the same screen, if you want to go next. You can. I mean, I have a chunk. So chunky monkey. Um, let me see here how I want to say this. Well, um, while you're thinking, I could go because I got a few that yeah, I, go I should run through. Um, well, I'll do one because Ryan did one. So I, I'll I, transformer shattered glass. Um, I I adore that that comic book. Um, I I loved it so much. I was we did it for our our book club as I've already mentioned. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, it's one of the best Transformers books. Period. Um, one of my favorite things about Transformers in more recent years have been uh, what they've been doing with Starscream as a character. This kind of like not necessarily this guy this niveling bad guy who the the kind of michael bay version of starscream who's just kind of groveling and then will betray megatron until megatron like punch until megatron looks at him and he's like oh megatron new no. um i've talked about like all the time something that is stuck in my head for probably and will be for for years which is the end of the third um uh transformers show on on netflix where starscream has realized the futility of the war between the Autobots and the Decepticons and is trying to stop it uh, because Unicron is coming and Megatron won't have it. And so, so he, so he's like like being held up uh, by the, by his neck over, over this, over this like crevice and Megatron is like threatening him. And he's like, and um, Starscream just kind of like thinks like Starscream having this newfound purpose. is like, there's what, there's a big difference between you and me, Megatron. I can fly. And then he pushes himself off and like hits Megatron with his jets. And I was like, man, that's an incredible moment for Starscream. And I'm in Shattered Glass is just as good. Like Shattered Glass right. is a great Starscream story. It's a great Transformer story. I highly recommend it. If you haven't read it, it is uh, truly one of, if not the best Transformer stories to come out in years. Hell yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just going to name a couple of things and maybe expand a little bit, but like there's some of them we've talked about a lot or you kind of get the vibe. I don't need to go into it. So, um, the bear, <laughs> sure. uh, which I, which I got into, it's a great show. It's one of the best shows. Um, so, you know, there's that, uh, I, I watched the entire Rocky franchise, not including the Creed films for the first time this I, year. I wish you watched I Creed because all the movies are dope. I did. I did that too. Yeah. But you've seen them. That. I have never seen them. So. Well, I mean, I hadn't seen a good chunk of them. I saw the first one and the sixth one. I never saw two, three, four, and five. Oh, Adrian. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, some some are good and some are terrible. Uh, that's hey, how, how good is this? How good is Rocky Balboa, though? Rocky Balboa is pretty good. I like that movie. Um, Our Flag Means Death. You've heard about it. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. I, I watched it for the first time this year and watched the new season. Like, good stuff um the righteous gemstones i am gonna pause on this one for a moment the righteous gemstones is a comedy you should be watching um that is a great show that is a great show really really my favorite show. my favorite walton goggins performance um he's incredible uh uh some of my favorite performances from a lot of the people that are on that show um maybe maybe not him yeah. um <laughs> i uh, Justify not yeah no Boyd, I know Boyd is hard no I know <laughs> you know, but, but like it's a completely different character it, it is yeah. it is totally one hundred percent it's still an incredible performance yeah 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 um but like really great stuff highly recommend the the righteous gemstones um I'll uh I'll just finish off with TV shows uh, uh Yellow Jackets also engaged with for the first time really like that show 
might have been in my mention, might have been in my honorable mentions last year, uh, or even in my top 15 for that first season. Uh, it's incredible. I say that because I really like season two, but I can tell you it's not in my top 15. Um, it's, yeah. it's good, but it's not as good as that first season. That first season is like hot fire. I love it. Yeah. Um, and a league of their own, uh, which I bring up because it's a fantastic show and it's dead, uh, when it shouldn't be, which sucks. So there you go. Right. Ben, do you got one? I got really one thing and it's kind of recency bias because I just started playing it and it's, but because as you guys know, I got sick with COVID again earlier in the month. It sucked and I had some time on my hands. So I, I finally sat down and I was playing a game that online people would not, well, they keep talking about it. It's been a huge thing for years. Um, people have been wanting an HD remaster for the longest time. And I have the up till now, the quote unquote definitive edition for my Nintendo DS I started playing Chrono Trigger and I'm finally finding out what everyone online is saying on Talk how time travel. That's a, there, there's another banger right there, babe. It is. That game is fantastic oh, because. Oh, no trick. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because even um, earlier this year, a game that's also going to be in my top 15, Sea of Stars, which is highly inspired by Chrono Trigger. It's uh, the new game. It's the new game. I uh, sabotage. It's uh, a great a, a game that won best indie game uh, at the Game Awards this year. And I've been absolutely love. I fall in love playing that game. And when I was sick and I couldn't get to my PS5, I'm like, you know what? I brought Chrono Trigger in. I'm gonna start playing it. And of course, I started playing it the my last day of my um, isolation. I should have started playing that game a long time ago. That game yeah. is so much fun. Um, it's it's fantastic. The the combat style is is different than just from like you're walking somewhere, random encounter, and all of a sudden you're in your you know the traditional Final Fantasy. It's just like, oh, you touch a monster, you go into a battle, and it's still a turn-based battle, but it's it's more fast-paced and it's different. And doesn't yeah, I I have a question, man, because like I'm I now that I'm done with Baldur's Gate, it's on Xbox Game Pass, so I'm gonna start it. Does it have like like uh like the active time battle system? Or is yes. it more okay then that's AT, that. it's the it's <sighs> Yeah, it's so good. It's it, it's an ATB system, so it's not like a Final Fantasy X where every single character you have to um, you have to much uh, call it. If Final Fantasy X, it's like traditional turn based, where it's like one person go, has a turn and they go, you go, they go, essentially. Yeah. Or even in Sea Stars, Sea Stars doesn't do the active time battle, but still the turn order is you don't know exactly what the turn order is. You're like, hey, it's your turn, but you get to pick which one of your characters gets to do an action. They do it, and then it's like, you maybe you get to go again, or you have to wait till the other guys go. It's, it's still it good. It sounds in- like <clears throat> almost like D&D initiative, but in a turn, like, kind of. Like, like a JRPG. Kind of, yeah. But, I mean, with Chrono Trigger, it's active time battle, so you could be waiting for your the timer to go up so you can say, oh, I want to attack, but also you have to be, like, quick about it. You have to think on the fly. It's like, do I want to cast a spell? Do I want to wait a little longer for my comrades so I can do a special duo attack? Do I want to... It's like, oh, I got to heal. I got to use this round to heal my characters, or do I just want to just go balls to walls attacking? It's... The, the ATB system, it's not like... You know, it's, obviously, it's not an action system like kingdom hearts or final fantasy 16 but it still keeps you on your toes and you have to be quick about it you have to like you can't just like go hmm, you can't just like flick through the menu like you can see yeah. stars you have to be like oh shit i gotta go i gotta tell you if ben, you like, stand still you're just gonna get keep getting pommeled by the by, yeah, your, yeah. by the enemies uh i'm you know i'm at an age now where like 
it is really hard for me to play just straight up turn based. And Baldur's Gate doesn't count because like the amount of options you have is like is, it's you're playing D and D, so it's like you know the, the options are more there. But like old school Final Fantasy, where it's just like, do I attack or do I pick an item? I did it. Now it's my enemy's turn. Do they attack? Like it, it's too slow for me now. So any game that has an active bat a time battle system, like Chrono Trigger or like the, some of the newer Final Fantasy turn based games, I I love that. So I'm I'm excited to hear Sea of Stars has that because yeah. like if it was going to be really really slow, I probably won't finish it. But the fact that it has that great system, like I'm, yeah. I'm more excited for it. Actually, even way earlier, like much earlier in the year, I think this it was this year where I played. Uh, I finished the original Final Fantasy. I played it on my. Uh, I played the PSP port on my uh, PlayStation Vita, and that is like that's heralded as one of the, the best versions of Final of the original Final Fantasy because it brings so many quality of life improvements. It doesn't have spell charges. It has MP. You can mm -hmm. save anywhere. You don't have you. You can save anywhere you want. It's not like oh, only a certain you know just a lot of really good quality of life improvements. Whereas yes, it is still like classic turn based, but it's classic turn based, but with like let's make this a little bit better. Then other stuff, and then I go to yeah. something like Chrono Trigger, where the DS version, because they even says like you could play like the true classic version, or you can do the DS version where a bunch of the stats are on the lower screen and the top screen is just like all action, all everything. It's not cluttered with a bunch of stuff. And still, the fact that that gives you that option, I'm like, this is actually really cool and really ingenious. Now I'm starting. The more I play Chrono Trigger, the more I'm like, hey, this should have gotten that that remake sooner. And I've only heard, and Chrono Cross I've heard is a good, but also Chrono Cross is a very divisive game. It's not, like, it's, it, it's, it's not as good. It's just not as yeah, good. Uh, there yeah, is, the rumor's been, the rumor's <laughs> been persistent for years, which means it's probably true. Like we are getting a remake slash remaster in the next couple of years, because that's a huge game. So it'll take a long time to do that. Mm -hmm. But like that keeps happening, the rumor. So like there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. So like we might get it sooner rather than later, hopefully. Oh, hopefully, but at least right now I still, I have my DS version. And I am absolutely having a blast with it. And it's like the more I play, it's like, huh? Yeah, I, I, I see it now. I, I could, I see why people are freaking out and and are praising this game to high heaven. Love it, love it. All right, Ryan, you want to go with your next one? Yeah, uh, my last one. Uh, I'll make it quick. Is a Sea of Thieves. This is a live service pirate game. Uh, we've we've talked about a lot of live service stuff in the last couple months, and I haven't brought up Sea of Thieves because because uh, one I I forgot because I didn't really get into it until like really recently. But like that's a game where it started kind of rocky, and then throughout the years they've added a lot of really good shit. Now it is a it is like a true like incredible experience. Like it is like one of my favorite multiplayer games to play. I play it every now and then, and you just you just meeting up with random people and like, hopefully they're not going to antagonize you because it is an open, open sea pirate PVP game. They just last week added, uh, which was really divisive for the community because it's a PVP game, entirely separate mode where it's all, where it's like you're, it's isolation. So like it's called safer sea. So you don't have to worry about players attacking you and you just, you experience all the story without having worried about getting murdered all the time. Uh, so that's been really great for me because there is a lot, a lot of story stuff they've added over the years. There's like, Jesus Christ, like 16 like campaigns, like some of it's Pirates of the Caribbean, which I'm excited to get to, like the Legend of Monkey Island, um, where you're just having your own adventures, like, you know, searching for undersea pirate, uh, pirate treasure and meeting up with cool people. So like when you're doing that in the regular game, like you, you'll be doing just a story quest and then someone will murder you. And like that can get really frustrating sometimes. So like I'm excited that there is a mode where I can just be a pirate on my own. And there's still, you know, like, like, uh, uh, like NPC pirates to fight, but like they're not as good as like real people who play this game every day for years. Uh, sometimes you just, you're in a fight you cannot win and you'll just get murdered and lose all your shit and that sucks. So like they've added so much shit where like that is that is like my go-to game now. Like I played 
uh, I played like four hours the other day with this random crew I met and I had so much fun and we all had mics and like we were getting attacked by random people at all times. And like, it was like, and there's the Pirates of the Caribbean three moment where Beckett is like slowly walking as shit's getting destroyed around him. And we were literally having that moment where there's two separate ships destroying us. And we're like, y'all we're in Pirates Bay right now. And we're just like playing our music. Cause you have instruments. We're playing our music as we're sinking. It's like, it is, it is it's a Titanic moment. It's an incredible experience. Uh, I love it so much. There's, there's so much cosmetics. There's, you know, five years of cosmetics and ways to uh, make your ship look cool, make you look cool. I am dressed entirely in crock and crack and stuff. So like, you know, I'm all purple and have like cool eyeballs uh and you can have like pet monkeys and parrots and dogs and they'll follow you around it's just like it is the coolest vibe and it is the most beautiful water in any video game i've ever seen because it, it's all a, it's a water game it better have good water right um i just i love i love playing that game i'm so happy i'm so happy i'm, I'm here nice um that was your you said that was your last one yeah um okay well i had two more so i'll just finish i'll just finish them up then yeah. um Peter Capaldi, Doctor Who. Um, I went through that for the first time this year. I watched the first season when it was airing and I didn't care for it, so I stopped watching it. Um, that second season's real good, though. And the third season's even better. Um, I'll, I'll say because you're bringing it up, Peter Capaldi's Doctor Who is also online. Yeah. Um, it's uh, He's great as the Doctor. Um, I, I don't know if he's my favorite. He's damn up there. He's up yeah. there, man. Like, there's no contest. Um, uh, it, it is. Um, he's so good in the role. Um, I again, I don't really like the first season when he's just kind of mean doctor. But when he switches that to kind of punk rock doctor, um, who can be rude at times, much yeah. more fun. He plays it. He plays the role very well. Um, there's some episodes I'm not crazy about. In his next two seasons, I don't really love. Uh, I, I was kind of tired of Jenna Coleman towards the end of her run. I still think the season is good, though. Um, there's a lot of really good episodes within in there. Um, the way they tie it back to Fires of Pompeii was really cool. It, he's really great, um, and I'm really glad I finally went through it. Um, oh, yeah. He's he's awesome, Sparks. Because you said that was on yours, you should also go ahead and talk about it. I would just be expanding on the same things you said. Peter Capaldi's fantastic. Um, I think that his last two seasons as the Doctor are the strongest things in Doctor Who since the end of Tenant's run as Ten. Yeah. Um, I don't think anything had hit as hard as as those two seasons did, and I don't think anything has fully since. Um, so really, really just amazing. Uh, and then the last thing I'll talk about uh, basically ruined my year because like. I was on track to watch a lot of things this year, a lot of really fun things that I'm sure are going to be on my top 15. But now my my top 15 is going to be really difficult because by the end of by, by the last half of the year, the only thing I was watching was Dimension 20. Um, this uh, Dimension 20 is incredible. Um, I'm on. I've seen four seasons now. Um, then these are two and a half hour long episodes, 20 episodes, two and a half hour long uh, seasons, except for. Season two is a six episode thing that uh, side quest with Matt Mercer and uh, Mike Trapp. And that was a lot of fun. Um, some of the coolest and funniest things I've ever seen on television ever have been described to me in dimension 20. Like it is so good um, that the, like obviously I'm not watching an animated moment 
but the way it is described to me, the way it is edited, the way with the miniatures sometimes that they have with the uh, during the battles, some of the coolest things I have ever seen on television. Um, it is so much fun. It is so good. Um, there is some I have not stopped thinking about Fantasy High sophomore year. And the trailer for Fantasy High Junior Year just dropped, baby. I'm so excited. Uh, I can watch it live. Um, there's a scene in Fantasy High sophomore year that I have not stopped thinking about. And it's about this pirate named Chungle Down Bim, um, who, uh, uh, who Lou Wilson, um, uh, his character Fabian Seacaster ha has wronged Chungle Down Bim. And Chungle Down Bim, who's this little gnome pirate, goes uh, comes up to him towards the end of the battle and goes, I'm going to shit in your mouth, boy. I'm going to shit in your mouth. And like he starts like yelling at him. And um, this battle is going really badly. And so Lou is like, can I jump down? Is there a rope that I can jump out of this thing? And he rolls in that one. And Brennan goes, that rope right in front of you will take you down safely. And so he, so because he has to honor the net one, obviously he knows what has just happened. He has, he leaps for the rope, goes tumbling down, flights, stories of building, just tumbling down, like getting wrapped up. And it's a miracle. He didn't die. Um, and he, and he's like tangled up in wires as, as the other cast members come up. And then they're just like, and he's like, it went so bad. You can't really tell if Lou is crying or laughing um, at this point. And so like uh, Allie is like, can we, can we, can, can we help you? He's like, there's this, and Lou's just like, there's this pirate. They chuggled out Bim and they killed, they killed everyone and except for chuggled out Bim and old young Stevenson. And, and, is, and they're like, can chuggled down Bim help us now? It's like, no, chuggled down Bim. It's, it's in my mouth. It's my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and like I have been thinking about that for months since I saw it, um, and I and like you can't tell if Lou is crying or laughing because he's just like it's both. He's just there. Um, it is so much fun. It is so good. I'm so glad that I've kind of like been entered into this world of dimension of, of of Dungeons and Dragons, like like this whole other world of things. There's 20 seasons of Dimension 20 that I'm going to work through. It's consuming my life. There, there's. I'm not watching anything else. If I'm watching TV, it is Dimension 20. I, I truly, I truly love that you've entered the space, Brandon. Because, like, yeah, Dimension 20, like, you got, you have Critical Role in Dimension 20, and like that has brought millions of people into DD because like yeah. a lot of people think it's one thing and it doesn't have to be you know just a bunch of like sweaty people in a in a basement like like being serious like it can be really really fun uh and while also being dramatic and like i wouldn't be shocked it, it's it's dimension 20 is not as big as critical role they have literally millions of viewers every week yeah. um but i would not be shocked in the next couple of years with how well dropout's doing if we get some type of animated show for dimension 20 uh specifically great. fantasy high uh like because that is that is like their crown ship sh crown show and they, there are so many spin-off shows that they've done like whether one episode or one season of uh and it's all great and again brandon lee mulligan is like a treasure of a human being and he yeah. makes he makes it so and he's he's so nice and he explains everything like because he knows new people are coming in like they make it so easy to become a fan of, sure, of yeah. dnd yeah i've i've watched nothing but it's it, it, i'm so glad like i want to play dnd so like I watched Dimension 20 and Dimension 20 like creates like this idea that I'm here with these wonderful comedians playing these fa playing these fantasy games. I'm currently watching uh their third their their second campaign which is The Unsleeping City um oh, which was favorite. 
was set in New York and um it's still incredibly funny um uh I I um because of dimension 20 my top 15s are going to be very difficult because there was a moment of the year there is my there is pre watching dimension 20 where like I watched a lot of stuff and then there is post dimension 20 where I've only watched that yeah. um so like I'm 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 loving it I'm adoring it if I didn't if I had watched the most recent season it would have been in my it would have been in my top 15 of the year but because I'm I started from the beginning this is where it is it's an incredible show I love it to death I'm I'm so happy to hear that it's it, it is it is lovely um all right sparks you got more yeah um i'll just pop off real quick and say pop. that it is uh barbarian yeah that came out last year and i definitely would have talked about uh last year but i saw it this year and it's great you're right uh another I, hey a good <laughs> justin long horror movie i oh. also saw interstellar for the first time this year oh we watched oh, that from a right. birthday which is also a great film yeah and finally uh kaiju number eight um, which we started reading oh, because of the podcast and I have continued reading. So um, I really like Kaiju number eight. Very happy. Hell we yeah. have it. Love it. I really should finish that. All right, uh, friends. That was lovely. Let's move on to our Christmas wishes. And as is tradition, I have to tell you. I'm so excited because I never remember your wishes from last year. I remember and what happened. Oh boy! I'm pretty Are sure for a doozy. Oh yeah, I remember some of them. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Ryan, oh god! Your wish last year yeah. was for a Bloodborne remaster. Yeah, they hate me. And Ryan, the year before, yep. you'd had Metal Gear remaster. Yeah, you removed it. Yeah, to put up news about the Metal Gear movie instead. Yeah, and we, and we got a Metal Gear announcement for a remake, a remake of Metal Gear Solid Three. So I fooled myself because I didn't. I didn't think they would start at three or go back to it all because Konami hates Hideo Kojima. Uh, you also got the the remaster collections that came out. Yes, you would have had the wish there, but they they they're remastering The Last of Us two instead of Bloodborne. That game came out two and a half years yeah. ago. Yeah. I want to blow my brains out, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> you also uh, did I have Fantastic Four? No, you took that. Damn it! I got Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pedro. Uh, you also wished for confirmation of the Warhammer show through further scheduling or casting announcements. Nope, Henry Cavill said shit. Yep. <laughs> then, you wished for Nintendo announcing a true upgraded Switch. That's next year, Ben. Yeah, that's next we year. Know, we, know, we, we know for sure through rumors it's getting announced you next year. You also wished for the Metroid Prime Trilogy remastered. <gasps> I got... The trilogy. You got one yeah. of three. The trilogy. You got one of three. I know. I know. I got one of three, though. I got one of three. And a teaser trailer for the Gundam movie. Oh, yeah, I didn't no. get that at all. Where, Matthew, uh, Jordan Vogt Roberts. Uh, where you I at? wished for an announcement about any kind of new Motherland Fort Salem content. No. And for Jim Carrey to be announced for Sonic 3. Neither of those things happened. He might. Wait, is he? We, he's not in three, right? We. In, we as the, far as we the know. last we heard is that he's retired and it has not been clarified on if he's in three or if he isn't. That makes me sad. Uh, Brandon. Yeah, Garden I know. Galaxy video game sequel. Yeah. I wish that was true, my man. Dragon me Ball too. Super anime announcement. Oh, well, you know, I got Daima. Point five? Point five? Uh, and why has the dub, the dub for Digimon reboot series not been released and he wants it released? He wanted to know why it hadn't been and he wanted it released. Oh, I got it released. You did. I don't know why, though. <laughs> uh, and for Ben to get a new job. Yeah. 
Ben, you really let me down, buddy. <laughs> All right, friends. Uh, those were the wishes from last year. That means it's time for new Christmas wishes. Boy, I'm being more more conservative on these ones, let me tell you. Uh, Ryan, yeah, let's go. Okay, so my first one is um, there is a Warhammer game called Warhammer 40k Dark Tide that is currently an Xbox exclusive. Mm. Uh, there was a the previous game they made, Warhammer Vermintide, which is the fantasy version instead of sci-fi version. That was also an exclusive that after a year and a half came uh, to all the platforms. So there is a good chance that this game will also come to the PlayStation platform because like I, I have Xbox Game Pass. It's on Xbox Game Pass, but I have it on PC and my PC can't run a next gen game like that. And that game looks, that's a Left 4 Dead style game, but like uh, on a gross apocalyptic world where you're, you're, uh, you're trying to kill a bunch of uh, chaos people. Uh, I play the game from time to time through its a uh, cloud service, and it just it's just not the same. It, like it, it runs fine, but like if I just had that natively in my PS5, the game would look great. I, the PS5 controller is the best controller I've ever had because of the rumble and, then and we all can that play stuff. Together. And then we can play together because I that game's insane. It's really great. Uh, so it's been over a year now. So I'm hoping that it will get it will get. There's no current signs of it happening, but like I'm just putting my 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 hopes out there because yeah. i just i just want to play that game on playstation real bad that's one of them do you want to say you're right sure i guess um dune 2 does well enough that we get the dune messiah announcement sometime next year um i uh dune 1 was a huge success critically financially dune 2 i think people are really popping off for that third trailer i think it's going to do really well De denny Velnu, the director said himself like i would love to do the trilogy um so like i'm i'm praying like I like that it just gets announced and we'll see it in two, three to four or five years because he's gonna sure. work on another movie after Dune Two. Right. But like I have a good feeling that we will get the trilogy <clears throat> at least announced. That's me. Is that it? That's me. I got All two. Right. Ben, wishes. I don't know if I should wish for anything because nothing I wish for comes true. Uh, <laughs> it's tame, bro. It's okay. Yeah, I guess that's what they're called wishes. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, recycle my wish for a, a teaser for Gundam for the Netflix Gundam movie. That'd right. be nice. And also maybe mm -hmm. because I'm going to Japan, I'll I'll see the the statue in Yokohama. I could like manifest it in some way, shape, or form. They haven't uh, announced anything yet, so they better start announcing yeah, something better, for it. Yeah, they better start doing some shit soon. Uh, all we got is that one image, and that's it. Um, other than that, I guess it's a, this is a more personal one. Because I, I feel like I just need a, a win, and I'm going to be working my ass off to try and make sure it's a damn good thing to put up. I just want to be selected for the next round of boss fight, like the sure. boss fight books, because their when their uh, their submissions window isn't open yet. It normally opens. Uh, it's going to open up sometime next year. And there's there's a game for a book I want to write about, and I think the idea of how I want to go about it is is pretty interesting. And I just, it doesn't have to be published this next year. It just, I just wanted to get selected. That's so to me, that's just like, I just want a win because sure. a lot of stuff happened this year, this year. Some, a lot of it good. Some of it, a lot of it, not so good. And I'm just like, I just need a, I just need a win. I just need a, like a big, like, oomph. and other than that, no, that's pretty much it. Okay. That's all I'm, I'm really wishing for next year. Brandon. All right. Every single time I wish for personal stuff, it goes horribly wrong. Yeah. Uh, I wish for more time. We got the pandemic. I wish for Ben to get a new job. No. Um, so I'm not doing like that this year. I'm not doing that this year. 
Actually, you know what? Can we keep keep the Ben gets a new job just for you know just make him feel good. <laughs> um. Okay, I got a few. I got a few. And one one I might not use. I I need your advice on it, uh, Sparks and Ryan. But okay. I, so first I'll say, uh, Spirited and Klaus on Blu-ray. Spirited, uh, the Apple TV Plus original movie with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, and Klaus, the uh, animated animated Netflix film. Those two would kill on the physical market uh, if Netflix and Apple yeah. would put them out. Uh, uh, and I want I want them. I I agree with that, especially about Klaus. Like I'm I'm mad mm-hmm. about it. Like. I know you saw my tweets uh, uh, this week because trial by content was like, what's the best holiday movie? And I'm like, I am angry that Klaus is not even considered on any of these lists Yeah, because just like lack of knowledge, I think more than anything. And I'm like, this is so, I think Klaus is one of the best holiday movies ever. It's I don't think I I, I can't think of many things. I think really cusp over it. It is Um, one of the the negatives of it's Netflix, right? It was on Netflix. Yeah. It's one of the negatives of just like, 500 things come out every day on netflix like like even the best stuff gets drowned out after a while like yeah that's why i like yeah. like physical media is important in that aspect um uh physical media is very important we've learned this year uh this year has been a, a big wake-up call that physical media is, is very important in this era of streaming uh as we're coming it's kind of towards the end of streaming era not saying the streaming is going away but like we're seeing a shift happen within streaming that is detrimental uh to the preserve the preservation of film and television and physical media is very important for that hopefully apple tv plus at least knows this and is able to put spirited on blu-ray so i'll i'm going to say if i get one of them i get it i get the wish i think the apple one is more likely like i again, I, I, klaus would be great but like i think it's now we're so far away from that movie like i don't think anyone at netflix cares enough about that movie for yeah one. i agree but it, like it should be like it should be in people's Christmas rotations. Like it should be. It's that it's, it's yep. that good. It made me a believer. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that. Um. I I said Klaus because like I almost said uh, the Dan Moore and Grant Morrison reuniting for a new book, but then I read that Grant Morrison is retired. Uh. Mm-hmm. So like, not happening. Um. Yeah. So, I want movement. Movement that could be anything on Star Trek Four. Uh, mm. just anything you get a new director you get a writer maybe the cast says hey this is we're looking at maybe a script right now something something they're all always saying like yeah I'm, i'll do it just let me know like they're all ready yeah. for it so yeah like man that's so interesting i wonder i don't even like i would love for it like i don't man i don't even know if like it's, like, it's a yes or no answer like i'm actually like i have no idea if that's even in the cards like that's Crazy. The most recent thing we heard is that people is that uh, it's not dead after um, after Matt Shackman left. It wasn't dead. It's still there. Paramount's oh, still interested. That's right. So like, he's yeah. So I'm like, OK, well, if it's not dead, I want to see some movement happen. Uh, and now I got a big Godzilla wish. I want you to announce sequels. I want GXK to do well enough to warrant a sequel. I want Monarch season two announced. I don't want it out. I want it announced. Yeah, yeah. And Skull Island season two announced. I'm not going to be bold enough and say I want it out. I want it announced. Um, and I want a sequel announcement for Godzilla minus one. I think that's impending. I, I believe that's impending. I think yeah. I think minus one will be a lock. I'm unsure about the. Well, I mean, I'm sure Godzilla Kong like will get a sequel. It's because like the last one 
Uh, I don't remember how it depends did, on how it does. How did G yeah. versus G V K do? We can't. We it's really hard to judge because we were coming out of the pandemic. Oh, and, that's like, true. So many okay. people did it at home. Gotcha, gotcha. But like those streaming numbers were really impressive, and then people saw it in theaters, and so like okay. that created enough. But like this will bank on box office, gotcha. and it could go either way. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Um. So and then so like Godzilla minus one. I think we're happy. I think the Godzilla minus one sequel is happening. Um. But I want I want to see the MonsterVerse continue, um, and I would hate, especially for Skull Island, to be buried in that because I think it is a good entry in the MonsterVerse that people should watch. Um, and I want Netflix to give it a second season. <clears throat> um, now this is my now this is my question for you guys, as avid Fortnite players. Now I cannot recall, um, but the um, the Fortnite Rock Band kind of thing. That's because they bought the company that made Rock Band, right? I don't know if Epic owns Harmonix, but it is a partnership for sure. Like Harmonix developed that game, yeah. Right. So Epic owns the publisher for KO City. Yeah. Is it likely, if I were to say Fortnite gets a KO City mod like Rock Band or for a Lego, would that yeah. be possible? No. It's I I I want like just for you, Brandon, like I want it to be true. That game did not do any numbers for Epic. Not, I don't even think it's really about that. Um, Epic bought the game, but they didn't buy the studio, which means the mechanics of how it plays are with the studio. I see. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So, see, I thought they bought the. I thought they bought the studio. I don't think so. Okay. I would then have I to. See. I would have to go and look, but I'm, but I'm fairly certain that they did not. Okay. Rocket Rocket League and Rock Band are both like huge pro like Rocket Rocket League is like we, we never talk about it, but that is like one of the biggest games uh uh in the world. We just don't talk mm -hmm. about it. That, that being said, like never say never, they might see a value in like and if they do own the studio, they might see a value in including some of the movement mechanics to do something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's possible, but I feel like it probably already would have come up. Sure. Then I yeah. won't say I won't put that one in there. I'll just leave it. I'll I'll leave it, I'll leave the ones I got. You'll leave it in your heart. Yeah, I'll leave it in my heart. Okay, cool. Quite a list, Brandon. Um, I'll but start I with think, that. Like, I think all. I think this year, all feasible. Yeah. Uh, if you only take Spirited on the Blu-ray, then yeah, yeah. Um, I'll start with one that I already had on there, which is the same as yours, which is a uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters second season. Yeah, I got a good feeling about that one. Um, I'm going to keep Jim Carrey for Sonic 3. We're going to find out one way or another in this coming year, and I'm hoping that, that he will return. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sequel Dungeons & Dragons movie announced. Hell yeah. yeah. And this is a big one. This is the unlikely one. A different Avengers movie created before the Secret Wars King Dynasty. Oh, like an announcement? Stuff. Like, they just are pushing that shit back because they realize they need more space, more time for all these characters and properties. Do a smaller scale, more Ultron-esque Avengers film, even yeah. if it is whatever the Young Avengers thing is going to be, whatever Kamala and Kate are doing, even if it's not focusing on our entire Avengers team, yeah, yeah, yeah. but only a portion of it, whatever, do a smaller scale team-up movie. I have a question. Because something like Captain America Civil War is basically an Avengers movie. If what if Shang-Chi 2 is like a team up of like four or five heroes, would you count that or I do you need it to be Avengers? Here's, here's what it is. 
it doesn't need to be the movie does not need to be called Avengers. Okay. I need to see the Avengers team yeah. okay. working together, even if it's not the full team. Okay, I just want I to, know, need yeah, to yeah, see yeah. those major players interacting with each other before we go to the next Infinity War Endgame situation. Yes, yes, that yes. is Kang Dynasty, unless it changes and it's not Kang Dynasty anymore and, and Secret Wars or whatever. Mm -hmm. I need to know this Avengers team. I just want I to need make to sure see them come together yeah, yeah. in a different movie okay. before the big two part or whatever cool. they're doing making sure like it doesn't have to be an avengers title just like i need no, my homies together. i don't care where it happens got it i need to see the avengers i agree no i i am 100 in agreement i, I agree wanna, i want to add uh unless you have any more to expand on that one no i want to i actually want to add one more because it's the thing that i'm the most worried about and it's not even that like i'm worried that the comics will be good it's that like um this just uh uh the krakoa era is ending soon which is like the best the x-men has been in 20 years since grant morrison wrote wrote them 20 years ago um and we've gotten a lot of hints that like it is going like super back to basics and i'm just i i'm fine with it going back to basics i don't want them to remove the insane amount of character progression that has happened with multiple characters like storm who is literally the queen of the universe uh i don't want that to be taken back where she's just teaching history at a school again if there's some foundation of krakoa still being alive in the next era i'll be happy but like some of the early teases we're getting is like real, like just like, hey man, you remember X Men '90s? And I'm really scared about that. Again, the books could be great, uh, but I just like we've progressed. Like I don't want this to be a Peter Parker situation where like you regress him back to like 25 years ago. Um, that's what I'm really worried about. So sure. if you can keep some aspect of the growth this entire like nation of people has experienced, uh, then I will be happy. Uh, I just don't want a full ass like what was Krakoa? So like, uh, uh, which is which I I am worried about that. There's you know there was some worry about that with the movies and stuff coming out soon so like that's 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 my my new one great all right okay those are the christmas wishes that's it love it yeah. uh uh we usually would add in a little bit of like what are you looking forward to that kind of thing i think we ran pretty long we'll table that uh you guys will probably have a hype episode for the year and you can uh take on some of that stuff there i'll tell you what the only one that i really was like gonna be jones before is andor and that's 2025 so i'm like never mind yeah, a lot of things are, are television well, and film wise are also up in the air because of strikes. Also, this year uh, we're doing the top fifteen uh, earlier than we would have normally, and also on mm. its own special. We're not going to be putting it in an episode, so we can also do something like that in that episode should there be time. But as Bart yeah. said, there will most likely be a hype episode. Uh, I love, I love next hype year. So, um, yeah. All right, guys, that'll do it. That will do it. That's a holiday special, y'all. Oh, oh, do oh, it. Guys. Happy holidays. Happy Christmas. This is coming out Christmas Eve. I hope you guys had a good Christmas. I hope you guys are going to have a good Christmas. Hope you guys, hope you guys, the, the, my, my co-host on the screen, have a good Christmas. Um, hmm? What I will say is like, not necessarily what are we looking forward to in the future year, but I will say, look forward to an entire wrap up on the, all the Scott Pilgrims, all the Scott Pilgrim franchise. We're doing all that stuff. A cinephiles. We're going to try and play that game. Uh, books. We're doing it. Check it out. Um, and we got a couple of other cinephiles and animation stations and basement arcades that we're going to be throwing in in the mix. Some things are going to be recorded before I have to pull back and then release a little later uh, because it's easier to get it done in recording and then deal with it in post. Uh -huh. Yeah, we <clears> still <throat> have Aquaman as a big release this year. We'll probably oh, most likely do Aquaman uh, before the end of the year. So uh, certainly like. At the time of this recording, we haven't done Aquaman, but at the time of this release, Aquaman is out. So who knows if we've done if we've done that yet? So, um, so there's there's 
there's things to look forward to before the end of the year. This is not the last time you'll see us before the end of the year. And of course you'll see us next year. Um, but we, uh, we hope you guys have a good Christmas. We got, hope you guys had a, had a good Hanukkah. We hope you guys have a good new year's. Um, thank you guys for joining us on this journey uh, for uh, this past couple of years. has been wild. This year has been another wild year for our small begrudging podcast, but we're so grateful for the fans that we do have for the people who do watch our videos and listen to our podcast episodes. Um, thank you so much guys. We hope you guys have a, a happy holidays and get, you guys get lots of stuff. Um, lots of exciting stuff uh, from your from your friends and family. Um, and so, so with that said, I'll just wrap up the episode. I already said what what shows we have. We got a lot of shows. We got a lot of episodes of all those shows. Go check them out if you missed anything. Uh, you can check them out on our website, fakenerdpodcast.com, which is updated uh, as frequently as I can. Um, that's linked below as well as our Public and our Patreon. Hey, if you still have an idea for a gift, it's Christmas Eve and you need a gift. Well, the Public shipping is probably not going to make it there in time, but you no. could conceivably do it. Uh, uh, buy someone a gift on Public if you'd like, um, like a Fakener podcast shirt. Hey, why not? Um, so say so but so there you go it's, it's linked below as well as on our website fakenerdpodcast.com um follow us on all the socials fake nerd podcast on twitter instagram and facebook fake guys at gmail.com if you want to send us like a christmas card great to do that send us a digital one be great wonderful um we i've been uh be, i've been toying with the idea of doing that on patreon if we ever get the patreon working um but i don't i have no idea what to do with that patreon anymore um we should just i mean it's you know it's 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 there if anyone wants it it's it's costing us nothing to have it so like well, that's good so yeah. like I, I don't it's really not hurting anybody um it's also not helping anybody but yeah. it's it's there if, if anyone wants it um so yeah there you go um you can find me on at bt mcclure on instagram and twitter uh i also write for atomicgeekdom.com uh infrequently but i do uh ben where can people find you uh, everywhere where can people find you well they can find me at ben mac 27 on instagram twitter tiktok threads you can also find me writing for fusion gaming magazine old school gamer magazine go to dental.com and playing mary frankenstein in d and dark uh sparks uh you can find me um becoming a father at sparks witty <laughs> on instagram and twitter s-p-a-r-k-z witty <laughs> guys i don't mean to like interrupt but like we are weeks away it's weeks away. But um, in my head, it's like if 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 it's at the due date that it's set at and not earlier, it's like Monarch will end and I will have a baby. <laughs> um, and Ryan. You could find me happy to be with my homies on the holidays at DJ Tony Snark all over the internet. All right, guys. Uh, subscribe on your podcast of choice, write and review wherever you get us. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next time you see us, guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.